Hey, Darren. It's Derek. Sorry I'm late, man. When I woke up in the morning, my alarm was out of order, and I didn't think I'd make it to our podcast chat on time. Hey, Derek. It's all right. So, I was wondering, would you possibly be interested in doing a podcast with me about Saved by the Bell? Saved by the Bell. I'm not familiar with it. But I'm always interested in trying something new. So let me ask a couple of questions. Is it a science fiction like our podcast, Trekker Talk? You know, Screech built a robot in that one episode. (laughs) But no not like ron randall's trekker okay that's all right is it a fantasy adventure like our podcast about warlord worlds there is that whole episode where the gang fantasizes about being the best rock band in the world zack attack but no oh is it a mystery maybe like our podcast super secret spies where we talk about the avengers that's my favorite genre All right, time out. Jeez, it's like Darren doesn't know anything about Saved by the Bell at all. You'd think I'd have recognized that when he didn't laugh at any of my Saved by the Bell jokes in the Boston Fan Expo Twitter chat. All right, time in. Uh, no, it's not like super secret spies, though they do a lot of spying behind closed locker doors. Maybe that'd work? Let me ask one more question. Why in the world do you want to do a podcast about it then? Let me get back to you. Gene Hendricks, Gene Gene, the podcasting machine. Do you have any familiarity with Saved by the Bell as, like, a franchise? Was that anything you ever watched? I caught the odd episode here and there. It was mainly one of those things where, oh, Saved by the Bell on, it's time to change the channel. And since you're here, Justin, I'm just going to ask. Do you have any familiarity with Saved by the Bell? Saved by the Bell was always something the other kids talked about at school, and I had zero interest in. Like, I know this buddy of mine, sometimes, like, on Saturday afternoons, like, maybe 12 or 12.30 after cartoons were over, we would call each other and talk about what we had watched. Like, dude, did you see Captain Planet? Like, yeah, that was great. What about Land of the Lost? And then he would always talk about Saved by the Bell, and I would always be like, I I don't watch that stuff, bro. Oh, yeah. Professor Allen. 
what is your familiarity with Saved by the Bell? I mean, I watched it some, although just between us, no one else was listening, right? I was probably too old to be watching it. I actually kind of like the fourth wall breaking, but I'm certainly not a mega fan of it. I haven't watched an episode whenever it went off, since it went off the air 20, 25 years ago. So I, I like you, man, but I probably don't know enough to podcast about it. Yeah, state your name and rank for the record. Hi, it's Mike. I don't think I have a rank. So, what is your... I'm rankless. You're rankless. (laughs) Rankless! So, so what is your familiarity with the television series Saved by the Bell? Uh, I was always more of a Boy Meets World guy. Like, so I, I never really watched like Saved by the Bell. Like, I think Corey Matthews could wipe his ass with Zach Morris. <laughs> hey, Rob. I was just wondering, like, what's your familiarity with Saved by the Bell? I have no familiarity. Look, look Derek, I, I heard what you're planning, and I already watched Transformers the movie for you. Isn't that enough? Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic yeah. books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. <laughs> Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like, I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And- <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and Whatever it is. <laughs> the worst titty discs. <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another Bayside Horrific Tartakovitastic episode of Fanholes Comics, motherfucker! Do you read them? Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm gonna be your host for this little endeavor this evening. And in case you haven't figured it out, we're gonna be talking about the comic book Saved by the Bell, issue number one from Harvey Comics. I'm actually going to be joined tonight 
by a wide array of guests from space and time and of course as you heard in the little intro there there are some cameos from some of your favorite podcasters including our very own fan halls who won't be joining me tonight for this little endeavor but i have a good number of very special guests joining me tonight and we're going to talk about saved by the bell issue number one from harvey comics but before we get into the nitty-gritty of Saved by the Bell with our special guests, I'm going to provide a synopsis of the issue in question. Because if you know about as much as our special cameo guests do, it's probably warranted. The Saved by the Bell issue number one, of course, was published by Harvey Comics. The cover date from May 1992. Of course, the cover declares, TV's favorite comedy teens now in comics! And the on-sale date was January 28th, 1992. The cover price was a whopping $1.25, and the page count was 32 issues. There are several stories here, and I will begin by synopsizing A Chillin' Holiday. The writer was Angelo Di Cesare, the penciler was Hi Rosen, the inker was Ken Seelig, the letterer was Grace Kramer, and the editor was Sid Jacobson. Kelly Kapowski is angry with Zach Morris for setting up a date with a new exchange student and herself on the same night. In order to make amends, Zach hatches a plan with the rest of the gang, Jesse Spano, Lisa Turtle, A.C. Slater, and Samuel Screech Powers to recreate Kelly's happy memories of playing in the winter snow in Madison, Wisconsin. Zach has Screech build a machine that generates artificial snow, while Slater gets a large set of artificial Christmas trees. Jesse and Lisa create a background painting of snow-covered log cabins. The final stage of Zach's plan involves convincing the proprietor of Max's, cafe owner and magician, Max, to redress his business as a winter wonderland. After some smooth talking, the whole gang and the rest of Bayside High is in attendance at the event the following day. Jesse and Lisa are unhappy with the skimpy skirts Slater picks up for them to wear at the event, while he himself is dressed up as a snowman. When Kelly arrives and everyone yells, SURPRISE! The actual surprise is that Kelly reveals she is not from Madison, Wisconsin, but instead she's from Madison County, Florida. Even the childhood pal Zach tries to dress up as, named Bunky, turns out to be a little French poodle Kelly had as a pet. As Kelly storms off, again angry that Zach couldn't even be bothered to remember what state she came from, Zach chases after her and stumbles into Screech's snow machine. This then creates a chain reaction that floods Max's with the artificial snow's base ingredient, soap. Then the sprinkler system is activated and floods the kitchen with soap as well. Luckily for Zach, his friends stay behind to help him clean up the damage caused to Max's. Kelly then returns to Max's, having realized Zack's heart was in the right place, and he went through a lot of trouble, even if in error, to make her happy. Of course, as Zack declares a solemn promise to never look at another girl so long as he's with Kelly, a cute Bayside High student turns Zack's head as she asks Max where to dump a bucket of water during the ongoing cleanup. Kelly then takes the bucket of water from the blonde cutie and dumps it all over Zack, saying she's always glad to help out. The End Hi, 
Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren of the Rad Adventures Network. We're a married couple who enjoy great stories of all kinds, including adventures, mysteries, science fiction, and fantasy. Please join us for a variety of podcasts focused on a range of pop culture topics. Trekker Talk is about 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the comic Trekker by writer and artist Ron Randall. It's a blend of classic sci-fi adventures and noir mysteries set in a retro future. Xenozoic Xenophiles is about the comic Xenozoic Tales by writer and artist Mark Schultz. It's a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Warlord Worlds covers the many comics of writer and artist Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, Green Arrow, and The Legion of Superheroes. Sensational Sluice, where we talk about favorite mystery novels, movies, and TV shows. Fantastic Fantasies, where we share our favorite fantasy films and books. And Amazing Adventures, where we discuss action-packed adventure stories. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or visit RadAdventuresNetwork.com to find all of our shows and links to our social media pages. That's Rad, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. Star Trek. Comic books. Mythology. Video games. Toys. Star Wars. Just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by two true freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with, and be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes or crossover events that can cost a hundred bucks to collect. Join me in the quarter bin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarter Bin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarter Bin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every Penny. Beginning in 2018, the Who's Who podcast enters the 1990s with our coverage of the Loose Leaf editions. Featuring Superman by Jerry Ordway. The Joker by Brian Bolland. Wonder Woman by George Perez. Sandman by Mike Dringenberg. Batman by Norm Brayfogle. The JLI by Adam Hughes. Eclipso by Bart Sears. The Legion of Superheroes by Keith Giffen. Dark Stars by Travis Charest. Lobo by Simon Bisley. Kent Shakespeare by Chris Sprouse? Who is that? Doomsday by Tom Grummet. Wait, are we covering these by issue or in alphabetical order? The Justice Society of America by Mike Parabek. The Forever People again? You are f***ing kidding me. Doom Patrol by Richard Case. <sighs> I'm so confused. And many more. 
the Who's Who podcast, going boldly into the 90s. A proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I guess. High Resolution. Writer Angelo Di Cesare, artist High Rosen, letterer Grace Creamer, editor Sid Jacobson. Zack Slater and Screech catch principal of Bayside High Mr. Richard Belding tap dancing on top of his desk and singing to himself about his latest school initiative. <laughs> Namely, that in the upcoming winter exams that every student must improve on their worst subject by at least one point or else they won't be able to attend the winter ball dance. Belding, blinded by visions of quote-unquote Principal of the Year awards, won't be dissuaded from changing his stance by Zack and the gang. While a study bug like Jesse thinks that getting an extra point will be a snap, the others aren't so convinced. When Zack brings up Egbert Zizzer, a student who has never gotten less than 100% in any subject, he hatches a scheme whereby Slater will tutor Egbert in successfully dating women, while Zizzer will tutor Slater in biochemistry, Slater's worst subject. Before anyone knows what's happening, Zack is busy setting up potential tutors and tutees for a small finder's fee he can pocket for himself. Of course, Zack pairs himself with a pretty blonde tutor named Kimberly. When Lisa comments that her grades are just as poor as Zack's, Screech is quick to point out that Kimberly has other quote-unquote qualifications. Slater and Kelly, who are paired with less attractive tutors, decide to find their own tutors with additional qualifications. Kelly finds a muscle-bound wrestler named Kurt to tutor her much to Zack's chagrin, and Slater has his arms around two pretty girls who are to help him get twice as much studying done. As it dawns on Zack that his scheme has pretty much backfired on him, Mr. Belding gets the test scores the next week. Belding is shocked and appalled to discover test scores have gone down across the board. Even Egbert Zizzer only got a 99% on his biochem exam. Belding realizes he shouldn't have tried to motivate the class using negative reinforcement and Zack ends up using the profit from his finder fees with tutor pairings to fund the class's own winter dance at Max's. Meanwhile, Belding is left alone waltzing with his fellow chaperone, Mrs. Dinkle, at Bayside High. The End. Movies, TV, comics, Music, pop culture affidavit has it all. It's everything random in the world of popular culture, and it's all covered by me, Tom Panneries. New episodes drop monthly at twotruefreaks.com, and be sure to check out blog posts about random pop culture topics at popcultureaffidavit.com. Pop Culture Affidavit, the sworn testimony of a dork. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! <laughs> The Legion of Superheroes through the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, the Baxter series, five years later, the reboot, the three-boot, the retro-boot, the animated series. We have banded together as the Legion of Super Bloggers to cover it all. Seek us out at legionofsuperbloggers.blogspot.com. always have to say it that way. Haven't you ever heard of a little thing called showmanship? Oh, Adelaide.
adolescents this generation have no respect and are a far cry from my sweet Jane Eyre and her friend Helen Burns. Why, just this afternoon I was Stella. walking across, and and you know what, men too. Well, uh, uh, Stella. Men like the tragic Mr. Rochester and teachers, pa. They're all like the villainous Mr. Brocklehurst. Hey, Stella! Uh, yes, Thomas? As much as I enjoy, um, indulging your insanity, we have a promo to record. Oh dear, and what might that be? That is you and I telling everyone that we have a brand new podcast out there. It's called Required Reading with Tom and Stella. Once a month, we will take a look at a single work of literature, discuss it, analyze it, and determine if it's worth its place in the canon. Oh dear, that sounds delightful. Oh, I'm sure it will be. And you can find us on the Two True Freaks Network, which is at twotruefreaks.com. Oh yes, Required Reading with Tom and... Why is it Tom and Stella? Why can't it be Stella and Tom? It rolls off the tongue better? Okay. Well, that was easy. So, required reading with Tom and Stella at twotruefreaks.com. Thanks for contributing to the promo there. You did a great job. Oh, you are so welcome. You've decided to go to a nearby restaurant. You ask the hostess to seat you in a booth. As you sit, you notice an animated conversation among the four seated behind you. They're talking about Star Wars and Doctor Who and something called the Laugh Olympics. These are the people you used to pants in high school, and yet you cannot help listening. Unable to tear your ears away, you realize you've just been sucked into the Dinner for Geeks. Dinner for Geeks, weekly at twotruefreaks.com. But you don't understand, there was the high school episode and the future episode where they had a daughter. Of course Millhouse is in-game. Yes, and Lisa is so fulfilled in all of those. In fact, there's that Christmas episode where she's so fulfilled by him that, who is she calling? Nelson. You know why? Because they are in-game. It's almost stupid to even discuss it. This show has been going on for like so long that there's so many different future scenarios. It's like it's been 30 years. Yeah, that's true. That reminds me of Stella on her podcast, Batgirl to Oracle. She's had a pretty healthy run. How long do you think it will last? <laughs> Forever. Ooh, let's give Stella a call. Hello? Hey, Stella. Why are you guys using Skype? Don't you want a feed time? No. Hmm. Don and I were just talking about BTO and how long it's lasted. Remember when we were kids, you didn't think it would go very far? What? What are you talking about? Stella, how long are you going to do this show? Meh. Ten episodes a year. Would you come first? Ha! You won't make it that long! You're a girl! Yeah, and girls have cooties. Gee, you guys really were supportive back then. We made up for it. By doing what, mansplaining? 
And casplaining. Ugh. Well, anyway, 2020 is going to be a milestone. We've got the 10th anniversary in December, and of course the 200th episode after that. What are you planning on doing? Call and show for your listeners will be scheduled in December, and the 200th is going to feature some very special guest reviewers. Hopefully. Ooh, I'll be sure to free my calendar. Not you. You're, no. Fly on with Backroll the Oracle in 2020. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert. All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You start fleet officers. Now start acting like it. Oh, it's just Garrett. Plain, simple, Garrett. Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. It's what's all become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. Starfleet, one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to The Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. Bloody hell. Oh, I love a woman in uniform. A historic moment tonight. The Berlin Wall can no longer contain the East German people. It is 1989. After 28 years of dividing a city and symbolizing the divide of the Cold War, the Berlin Wall opens up. And from there, everything changes. Fallen Walls, Open Curtains is a podcast miniseries from Pop Culture Affidavit and hosted by me, Tom Paneris. From November 2019 until December 2021, I am going to take a look at the events that took place 30 years ago, beginning with the fall of the Berlin Wall and ending with the dissolution of the Soviet Union and the end of the Cold War. Along the way, I will be flashing back to the landmark and not-so-landmark pieces of popular culture that reflected and defined the Cold War. The first episode will drop on November 9th, 2019, and future episodes will be released quarterly at popcultureaffidavit.com and twotruefreaks.com. The Bayside Burglar, writer Angelo Di Cesare, penciler Hyde Rosen, inker and letterer Jorge Pacheco, editor Sid Jacobson. The Bayside Burglar is a two-page gag that represents captions that Screech gets wrong on the school paper. Our cast of characters answers the question, What will you remember most about the Bayside Carnival? The answers below are scrambled, and the second page features images from the carnival and an answer key to decipher what Zack, Kelly, Slater, Jesse, Screech, and Lisa all had to say about their Bayside Carnival memories. So, Stella.
Uh, I was wondering if you would care to tell the listeners like what your familiarity with the television series Saved by the Bell is. I would say that I'm very familiar with it. I have seen, I don't think I can say I've seen all the episodes, but I certainly have seen all of the series. Andy Leyland. What is your familiarity with the television series Saved by the Bell? Okay, when Saved by the Bell aired in the UK, it was on as part of what was called Hangover Television. It, Channel 4 had this strand on a Sunday morning that would uh, lots of drivel, basically, that no one was really paying much attention to. And then they would follow that up with T4, which again was like a comedy, music, they'd show things in it. Jamila Jamil hosted it who's now on The Good Place. She was one of the hosts. And Saved by the Bell erred in that time slot. And it must have erred around the time that I was just starting to get old enough to be able to go out with my mates on Saturday night and drink far too much beer and then come home the next day and Sunday morning be basically ratted and spend the morning recovering, hence hangover television. I thought Saved by the Bell was utter shit of the highest order. But damn, if I didn't watch it every week. I watched it every single week. I think it was on at about half past 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. I seem to vaguely recall is when it was on. So it's just when I would be stumbling out of bed to get a drink of my cornflakes or whatever to try and wish away the hangover. And that's what would greet me on Channel 4. And I would watch it. And it was sappy. And it was saccharine. And it was it was one of those typical American shows that had to have a moral, which always made me gag whenever shows would do that. But I watched that every week. So there must have been something about it, other than the fact I was probably still hungover and couldn't be asked reaching for the remote control. Keith. Keith G. Baker, like, what is your familiarity with the television series Saved by the Bell? Most of my familiarity with the show itself was after it was popular. It was kind of popular with people maybe five to eight years younger than me. And I tuned in, you know, just kind of as a lark on the end of it. Uh, maybe I, I believe I was in college or maybe after college when uh when I actually watched some episodes and, and maybe it was, I believe the whole reason I tuned in was I was told to check out T Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I believe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that, that sounds like something I would tell you to do. I definitely had a crush on Tiffany Amber Thiessen as far as that goes. I, I watched it in real time, but, but I mean, I, I know that there were like tons of, I mean, it was always in like syndication somewhere or in reruns or something like that where, you know, you could watch it on like, I don't know, like TBS or, or, you know, different, you know, they'd play like blocks of episodes and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be willing to bet that I saw it in syndication on TBS. Dr. Ange! What is your familiarity with the television series Saved by the Bell? Well, I will tell you that even though I felt like maybe I was a little bit too old to watch it, I definitely watched it and loved it. There was sort of like a 
waxing and waning crush on Elizabeth Berkeley, but there was always a very strong crush on Tiffany Amber Thiessen. And unfortunately on this show, uh, the person who I identified with the most was Screech because I certainly wasn't, <laughs> you know, I certainly was not cool Zach and I certainly was not Jock, you know, Mario Lopez Slater. And so it was Screech who I sort of saw myself in. Obviously, there's like a lot of archetypes on the show. Tom Panneries. What is your familiarity with the television series Save by the Bell? You don't have enough time on this <laughs> podcast episode for me to get into my entire history with Save by the Bell. I actually, literally, I actually, is uh, God, it, it must be episode, I should know this, it's my own show, but sometime in the first year or so of Pop Culture Affidavit, I did an episode, specifically about the graduation episode, because it was like right around the 20th or, yeah, I think it was like the 20th anniversary of the graduation episode or something. I have seen just about every episode of this show, like, multiple times, because I grew, I'm, I'm old, I'm 42, so I graduated high school in 1995. Something I've beaten into the ground by this point is that I didn't have cable when I was younger. Even as a teenager, my parents didn't get cable until I went away to college. So I was stuck with, you know, ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, the two or three syndication channels and PBS. So I, I knew of Saved by the Bell because of Saturday mornings. You know, if we were home it on, you'd watch it. But then uh, to BPAIX 11, I grew up in New York uh, on Long Island, would air reruns of it, usually sometimes in an hour block around like 5, 5.30. Sometimes it would be a single one, but they would, they ran like that whole thing over and over and over again. So as I was in high school, I was watching the show and it was honestly like, it was on, you know, and it was one of those things. It was like, you know, because up until that point, I think I'd been watching Degrassi Junior High on PBS and they moved that to like Sundays or something. So I couldn't watch it on weekdays. So you'd say, well, like 90210 and then like every once in a while, like every summer they throw on like happy days reruns and stuff. So I watched a lot of it <laughs> in high school, mainly because, like I said, it was just on. And then there was a period when I was in my 20s where I was working in Washington, D.C. and I was living in Arlington and TBS would run it in the morning. My wife and I were living together at the time and she we would leave for work at the same time because we worked we both metro to work. So I'd just I, I'd be out of the bathroom first and I'd be sitting around waiting for her you know, to finish getting ready. And I'd watch at least one episode of Saved by the Bell like every morning when TBS was running it. So, yeah, I I, I am very, very, very familiar with this show. <laughs> Scott Rifen. What is your familiarity with the television series Saved by the Bell? I watched it... Because it was on. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten I've gotten a few and, of those. And then it went into syndication and I watched it more because I was a late teen and there were three really cute girls on that show. 
Yeah, that, that's how I knew. That's how I knew to contact you because I, I remember <laughs> the the retweets of Kelly Kapowski, and I'm like, there's a there's oh, a yes. like minded individual. I think. Yes. I, I feel like we're gonna find that there's there's an entire an entire cadre of of guest podcasters that are all of of like minds when it comes to that so she was she was when the internet came out and we didn't really know what it was and then we eventually figured out oh this is a depository for naked pictures of people uh (laughs) she was the first one i started looking for if i learned anything that was highly inappropriate from my college roommates it was like oh it's totally socially acceptable to post a weird like collage of Tiffany Amber Thiessen that, that you totally dig or whatever in your college room. And nobody will look at you funny for that. No, no. Why would they? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) What I will say is that if you find that I end up talking about Tiffany Amber Thiessen a little bit too salaciously, tell me to slow my roll. (laughs) No, 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 no. The the only reason why I tell you to slow your roll is because she's mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. We're, we're totally secret brothers if, when it comes to Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Like, there's, the, yeah, there's no, no doubt. I don't, I don't know if you know or not, but like originally the show was called Good Morning Miss Bliss. Like, it was about like Haley Mills was like a school teacher, and then it was actually it was instead of being in L.A., it was like I think it was like in the middle of Iowa or so. I, I forget where, but it was, it was, it was somewhere that wasn't like. Los Angeles, basically. And so, like, they, it was like they had, you know, Zach and they had Screech, but then a lot of the other kids, I think Lisa was on it, too, but I think some of the other kids were, were different, you know, cast of, of characters and stuff. And then when they kind of revamped it, they, they kind of excised Haley Mills and all this other stuff. And then it became Saved by the Bell, which exclusively sort of focused on Zach as the main character. And then, I guess, as it evolved, like, they had you know, the college years, like when they all went off to college and stuff. And then, and then I think at that same time, this was something I never watched, but they had a show called the new class. So it was like basically, you know, Star Trek, the next generation, but for saved by the bell, it's <laughs> like, I think screech was like one of the, the teachers or, or and he worked with principal building. But then other than that, like, you know, it was a totally new set of kids that I think they, they tried to echo the, you know, the, the casting of, you know, Mark Paul Gossler and, and all those guys, like they tried to make similar archetypes. But I, I, I think by that point I had not necessarily tuned out, but it was more like, I know these guys from the original show. I'm going to watch the college years. I'm not going to watch the new class. So, but I, I don't know if you right, watched right. any of those or anything like that. No, nah, the, the, the main episodes I watched were the main six kids and Principal Belding. And I think I watched maybe a couple of episodes of the college years. And I mean, even with the Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Okay. You know, okay. I've seen those. And then the actual Saved by the Bell, Saved by the Bell college years. And I think the, the least amount of episodes I've seen probably were what was the new class because they just didn't interest me as much. But I repeats and because I don't think I was ever really watching them live. So just lots of repeats and things. Um, So I'm very, I'm very familiar with Saved by the Bell. And I've probably seen the majority of all the episodes. So I I would say you probably have have more familiarity than I do, because I think I was one of those guys where I saw like, I think maybe the first episode of the new class. And then after that, I was like, I'm out. I can't do this. I I was like, I was like, I'm going to watch the college years, but I'm not going to watch this new class business or whatever. But I was I was watching it when it was airing and stuff. But so you'd say like syndication, basically, you have to thank for for watching Saved by the Bell. 
I'm pretty sure because I was young in the 90s. So unless it's like the the newer stuff or even the movies that they had, maybe I was awake enough to to be watching those. But I feel like I was mostly yeah watching in syndication. So was it was it like I'm just trying to get a establish a base, but was it like weekday afternoons type thing, like where it would be airing? Or like... I think so. Yeah, or okay. weekends potentially. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm cool. trying to think of. I was trying to figure out the channel, but. I'm not sure. I keep thinking it might have been TBS, okay. but you know, I I can't recall. No, no, that makes sense because they they would have like blocks of it or something on that channel yes. sometimes, yeah, right? Well, yeah. Like so they, when you sit down, you're probably watching like it's like four a couple, four, six. yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Mainly, like I I would watch it on NBC like when it was coming on and everything. And you know, I I had a huge crush on Kelly Kapowski, so I would I would continually watch the show based on that. And then and then I I sort of got into it. Like I think. The, the fourth wall breaking like that I took to heart because I think even in my my senior thesis in in college when I wrote my own like play that was my senior thesis and I basically performed it it was kind of like a uh, sort of like a stand-up type thing like a John Leguizamo type thing that was sort of influenced by that where I was like telling stories but I had other characters kind of come in between it but breaking that fourth wall was always a big deal with me like I always thought that was kind of cool the way you know, Zach Morris would do that. So I, I, I sort of incorporated that into into my own like writing and things like that. I only saw the Good Morning Miss Bliss episodes when they would put them, package them in reruns as, quote, junior high years. So so you would have, um I think they got they got Mark Paul Gossler to just do a bunch of like intro clips or whatever. It's like, you know, back in junior high, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then what they did was they rejiggered the credits to make it like, you know, the the cast members at that time, the, the Good Morning Miss Bliss cast members. So I've seen all those episodes at least once or twice. I don't remember them very well because I think it was like, you know, I'm not really interested in watching this, so I probably wouldn't pay attention. Kind of like, kind of like that first season of The Facts of Life. Natalie Blair and Tootie and like Molly Ringwald. Right, like right, 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 right. Before, before it went, before, Joe showed know. up, right? So, because yeah. I used to watch the Facts of Life and reruns like crazy too. And and whenever those episodes would air, I'd kind of pay attention. Whenever... That weird parallel universe year with the biker girl, the college years where I happened to maybe be approximately in college. I tried to follow some of these actors' careers later on, specifically Tiffany Amber Thiessen, but some others as well. It sounds like you're pretty familiar with with the series and also you you've already mentioned some of these shows did you see those kind of special episodes where they they treated it as like you know summer fill-in episodes where they they they, they sort of thought oh nobody's seen good morning miss bliss so we'll have like zach come in and give up you know the it's like the tommy talking to uh power master optimus prime intro you know and they're just repackaging like old episodes like did you ever did you ever see any of those or did you ever follow like the new class or anything? The Miss Bliss thing is interesting because I have to be honest with you, I don't know if I saw them when they first came out or if I saw them as part of those packaged episodes that you talk about. I am a huge Haley Mills Parent Trap fan. Okay. And I, and I think that the fact that this was Haley Mills actually may have been like the initial grab for me. So I think I may have actually seen those Miss Bliss episodes for Haley Mills as 
crazy as that sounds, although maybe not crazy given who the show is aimed for. And I actually thought that that was pretty cool that they were sort of bringing in Haley Mills. And I can remember definitely seeing them as those like three packaged episodes. I, I will say I was familiar with Miss Bliss because... If I'm not mistaken, they worked those episodes into the syndicated package. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's that that's how I saw them. Yeah. But but I mean I, I didn't have Disney Channel back then. I didn't have Disney Channel until I was an adult. It was this show and it and it kind of reminded me of um you remember that old um that movie uh what was it, uh Summer School? It kind yeah, of reminded me yeah. a little bit of Summer School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So okay. Uh, and that, that's you know, any of those those school dramas drama dramedies uh i would i'm a i'm a sucker for i mean you know breakfast club anything like that i uh, i'll watch the shit out of it and then and then i think i discovered i I think the one thing i didn't watch initially was i I didn't realize good morning miss bliss existed until long after you know i I was familiar with saved by the bell and watched that in real time on nbc and then i think later like when they had like you know i don't know reruns or or i think they would always sell it as like you know zach would come out and go remember the good old days when when i used to live in uh the middle of uh the bible belt or whatever i forget where it's set but it's like it's not in la so it's like and then they'd like flash back to it and then and then it'd kind of be like oh what are these like and and you'd be introduced to that whole you know good morning miss bliss era of of the show and everything and then like the then they had like the tour years and all that stuff so that was uh you know minus minus jesse and uh and, and Kelly and everything like that. I watched the college years in primetime, maybe a few episodes. I remember watching the premiere and I remember watching a few episodes here and there. And I do remember watching the final episode. Never really watched any of the movie, the, like the TV movies when they aired. I, I did eventually see them in reruns as part of the TBS package. And the new class, I saw a few episodes here and there. But by the time the new class was on, I think... Because the new class would have been on Saturday morning in my last couple of years of high school. If I recall correctly, I was either busy with something on a Saturday morning, so I wasn't home, or I was sleeping in till like 1130 because I'd been, you know, up late. I didn't have a wild life. I was probably up late watching movies in my basement until one in the morning, you know. Because those John Hughes movies aren't going to watch themselves. The new class stuff, I'm going to just make sure that I'm I'm getting this correct. This is when, like, Screech was the vice principal and it was, like, new kids. and they were Yeah, I, sort I of mean, like, it's funny because I, I asked this question, but I, I have to admit, like, I... I watched the college years, like you said, like that, that was what I followed. And, and I think I, I probably tried, like, I probably tried to watch the college years and the new class, but I, I think quickly early in, I just strictly focused on the college years because to me that those were the characters I was familiar with. And I, I kind of felt like the, you know, kind of like a Cody Vance syndrome with it, or, you know, that, that kind of like, yeah. you know, Brent in the planet of the apes, you know, like where it's like, wait a minute, this is just kind of like, they, they they tried to cast similar kids, you know, to to play the archetypical roles. But other than Belding and Screech, I don't think there were many characters that sort of lived on from the original series on that. So I I mean I could be wrong. For all I know, there's like an awesome episode where like Starbuck comes back or something. There's like this awesome episode <laughs> where like AC Slater comes back and teaches Jim for a day or something. But but if there is, I don't know about it because I, I didn't follow that. I, I'm trying to remember it was was it Bob Golick that was on the college years? 
Because yes. I did yeah. watch College yeah. Years, and yeah, I knew one he, of the Golic brothers. He was he was their RA, right? Like he was yeah. the he was it, 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 they called him Mike because that was his character's name on the show. But like Mike the RA, right? Well, that's confusing because it was Bob Golick, but his brother Mike is you know I guess in the broadcasting field as well. That was Bob Bob Golick was one of the Golick brothers, right? Let me see. I'm pulling out. I'm pulling out my, my Bob and Mike Golick. I'm pulling out my DVD. It says it says Bob Golick. Yeah, that, I guess yeah. that. But I'm I'm pretty sure his brothers I'm, Mike. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure his name was I'm pretty sure his name was Mike on the show. <laughs> That's confusing to people who keep up with football. You see how important it is. They haven't mentioned him in the first. Oh wait, here we go. The third episode is the first time they mention him. Ah. So they say. Slater tries to bulk up through wrestling, and Screech helps resident assistant R.A. Mike Rogers, a former linebacker oh. for the 49ers, type his memoirs. Yeah, and that, that reminded me, too, because I was like, oh, yeah, I, I remember, like, oh, they went, you know, to me, I was like, they went to school where I live, basically. You know, like, that's kind of what I thought of it as. <laughs> yeah, that's confusing to me to, to have Bob Golick be Mike, and, of course, being familiar with Mike Golick. Who's also, I guess he was, he did, uh, he was Mike and Mike in the morning. You know that? The ESPN radio duo. Oh, okay. Okay. He was yeah, one yeah. of the Mikes, the goofier, slower witted Mike in the morning. You know, in a lot of these things, when you have somebody who's already achieved some sort of a degree of celebrity, they'll just call him whatever. I mean, Tim Allen goes on, does home improvement and he's still Tim. Right, right, right. He's just Tim the tool man. And then he's Tim Taylor or whatever his last name is. But they, you know, Bob Newhart was always, he was always, Bob. Yeah, you didn't you didn't call you didn't call Lucy like Ethel and Ethel Lucy yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get Bob, it. What was it? Bob Hartley on the original Bob Newhart show. So then when you have Bob Golick and you call him Mike, it's like, wait, which one is it? Which Golick guy is this? <laughs> that that confused me. But I yeah, I watched it for a little while. I remember, you know, I, I didn't like camp out for it at that point, but I did. I checked it out. Didn't it? Did it end on a cliffhanger, or am I crazy on that? The the series, the college years. I don't yeah. know if it ended on a cliffhanger per se, but it kind of it kind of got like you know cut short, and then they had a TV movie, which was the wedding in Vegas. So then okay. then it's like Kelly and Zach go off to get get married in Las Vegas, and so there was like a whole TV movie about it, basically. So that was. That that was sort of, sort of what capped it off. That was that was the all good things of Saved by the Bell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like no, no, I, I you know, it it was what it was. But no, I mean, I I dug it. But yeah, I was I, I I probably was the camped out guy. I was like I was like oh. Kelly. Woo. <laughs> uh, all of humanity gets put on trial because Zach and Kelly are going to get married. I can see it. <laughs> Makes perfect sense now. <laughs> Yeah. The college years definitely erred on Channel 4, but they moved it in its time slot. I'm pretty sure that they moved that to later on in the evening. So again, they would have this strand of television at the time. At about 6 o'clock in the evening, they would counter-program for teenagers, like, like I was, late teens, early 20s. They would counter-program against the news that was on BBC and ITV. And they would show like American sitcoms, like The Wonder Years was on in that time slot, and reruns of Mark and Mindy would air in that time slot. The The Marshall Chronicles, I don't know if you remember that would air, and Sinbad Show, and all of that shit would air. Cosby, Cosby would air in that time slot as well. And Say by the Bell, the college years moved to that time slot, implying there was a little bit more of an edge to it and a little bit more of an adult theme to it. Imagine my surprise to tune into the college years to find it was the same old shit. <laughs> I think that's true of the the way they they aired it 
in the States as well, because I was used to, you know, the, the core show, Saved by the Bell, being either, you know, sometimes it would be Saturday morning fair, you know, like something like just post cartoons or something like that. And then a lot of people would watch it weekday afternoons in syndication. So even then, it's like, kids, teens, whatever, are getting off of school and then watching it right after school, or, you know, people like me were watching it in real time, you know, it'd be on the Saturday mornings and everything. So it was kind of a big deal. It's like, wait, Saved by the Bell, they're going to college, and it's airing at like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night here? And to to us, that meant, oh, this must be more adult. You know what I mean? Because they're going off to college, and, and it's at, it's at late at night, so, so it must be more adult. And it kind of gave that, I guess, illusion or allure, whereas, you know, what you're kind of revealing is it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that far removed from the core show. Like, I mean, it's still produced by the same people. It's just, they, you know, they all went to college and had a college dorm advisor instead of a nutty principal. It wasn't super far removed in terms of tone, but, but the way they tried to sell it, I think that was, that was true over here as well. Like, they did try to pitch it as like, hey, this is a little older, this is a little edgier type thing. Yeah, and it never was. And they'd also gotten rid of, let's be brutally honest and a little bit sexist for a moment, my primary reason for watching it, which was Tiffany Amber Thyssen. And she wasn't in the college years. So I'm like, well, I don't want to watch the smirking prat fat boy, which was Zach Morris, who I absolutely could not stand. He was everybody at school. I just wanted to smack in the face. And he was supposedly the hero of the show. And he was an utter dick on every conceivable level. The man was a fuck up twat faith dickhead. Sorry, are we allowed to swear on your show? This this is called comics, <laughs> motherfucker. Do you read them? So you're you're perfectly within your this is perfectly within your purview to swear. Oh, okay. So we're all right with that. Do you subscribe and and get a chuckle out of the whole like Zach Morris's trash series of videos? Like you you definitely subscribe yes, to that. I have I I have seen those on Facebook and I can't help but smile along because the sad thing is I remember the episodes. I mean I've talked about I thought the show was awful and I did. Uh, but I still watched it every week. And it, there's, there must be something about it, because I remember the clips. As they're showing them, I go, oh, I saw this one. Oh, I saw this one. And I don't know if Channel 4 just, like, ran it in perpetuity. It's not something I really paid attention to. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. of when it aired. So it's not like with Star Trek, I could tell you this is a rerun. This is a new episode, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Saved by the Bell was just on. And I presume the vagaries of, of the British airing American television shows meant that it was in no order whatsoever. And episodes would be aired out of order from season to season. Because I'm sure I recall them suddenly Dustin Diamond's voice was like this. And then next one right. was a little bit deeper. <laughs> and so... Maybe maybe that was just, they would just rerun it and pick episodes off the shelf. I've no idea. But Slater seemed all right, if a little bit full of himself. And the show was drawn in, in hugely vast stereotypes of, you know, Screech was the nerd. Zach was supposedly the cool one, even though he was a cunt. Slater was a little bit dim, but he was okay because he exercised. So that was his appeal. The girls... The girls always seem to be the more interesting characters, even though they seem to be very underserved by the writers, because the writers seem to be under the impression that we wanted to be Zach Morris, when really what we wanted to do was punch Zach Morris in the face and tell him to stop being an idiot. Because I would have watched the Kelly Kapowski show quite happily. Dude, I watched all those Tiffany Amber Thiessen, like, made-for-TV drama movies. I was like, dude, I watched, like, Sweet Dreams and, like, all these, like, cookie, like, She Fought Alone, you know, like, all, all those kind of yes. movies and everything. So, yeah. And I, I think 
like yourself, I mean, I, I, I would never purport to be as cool as Zach Morris, but I think, I think I wished I was as cool as Zach Morris. And like, but you know, there's so much, I guess, for lack of a better term, incestuous, like swapping of the dating and, and, and how different characters tried to hook up with other characters at certain points. I, I feel like there was probably at least one episode where like, like Screech tried to like, you know, give Kelly some flowers or something like that. So probably you, you had like one shining moment where you're like, go for it, Screech or whatever. Yes. You know? So, yes. I, you know, I do think that again, like you say, there was kind of this like mix and match sort of stuff. Like it seemed that Jesse should like go out with Screech. They're the two smart people. And there probably was one episode where that happened. Right. Right. I think that I probably watched a couple of episodes of the new class just because it's like, Oh, maybe it'll recapture lightning in a bottle and I'll, feel nostalgic but it didn't work i was all in on the college years and the movies and like you i actually followed tiffany ambethyson to beverly hills 90210 yeah. where she was bad girl val right like lit up the joint at the end of the first episode oh my god <laughs> this isn't your father's you know kelly kapowski she's a bad girl i totally like if if i if i shipped anybody like i i was totally like I, I probably tried to see the most of myself in Brandon Walsh of any of the characters on <laughs> Saved by the Bell or Saved by the Bell on 90210 and, 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 and something else that I probably don't say too much. But the, the only reason why I have and ever had sideburns from from high school on is because of Brandon Walsh. Right. Because I was like, oh, I got to get sideburns, too. And then, <laughs> and then like like that whole relationship where like it was like when they finally like hooked up at the end of the season finale I, since that was the character i was vicariously living through and he was getting with tiffany amber Thiessen, i was just like yeah like i was all super <laughs> excited and then of course the next season they're like oh that was too weird it was like brother and sister like that was so silly and i was so i was totally crushed like when they came back from the season break and it was all it was all a fake out and everything, so I was I was totally crushed about that. Yeah, I mean, nothing is worse than watching 90210 and seeing these girls that I know I would swing and miss at on 90210 if they were, like, in my life, and seeing them all end up with... Luke Perry? Yes, Luke Perry's character, Dylan, the who I'm just like, oh, I hated those guys in high school, <laughs> and they end up with all the girls that I would swing for and miss in high school. Oh, I can't stand it. But again, this isn't a 90210 show. This is a Saved by the Bell. But I will tell you, I also followed her to all of those terrible movies. And yes, if I'm flipping through the Food Network and Breakfast at Tiffany's is on to this day, I may pause. Although I do remember watching the very, very last episode because I remember seeing, I was like in my early 20s and I remember seeing something about it in like Entertainment Weekly or something. They said that it was going to finally go off the air. So I, I either taped it and watched it later, or I just watched it when it when it aired or something. I think the new class was one of those things, kind of like new Coke, where I was like, I, I, I might have tried it once and went, ew, I like old Coke, and then kind of went on from there. Well, I remember the the first season of the new class, the, fir- the, the few episodes I watched in that first season, it seemed like they basically did a coy in Vance with the characters you know it was like here's zach stand in it wasn't working apparently you know i mean the show went on for like god that show was on for like six more years or something i think it went off the air in like 99 or 2000 so it, they got a run out of it but i don't know if anybody has a affection for it 
So, so I'm curious because this is this is where I sort of fall off the Saved by the Bell bus. But the new class, anything at all? No, I didn't. That? No, I I didn't. And, and I probably, I mean, when when would that have been year wise? I mean, I'm out in the world as an adult at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, like for me, I was probably in high school when when the college years came out, and that that was kind of that was kind of synchronous. Like it, the, I, I almost like I don't I don't know if it was exactly synchronous because I think like Screech eventually. I don't know if he. He was on the first season or what, but at some point, Screech comes back and is like, you know, I don't know if he's a teacher or a TA or some some assistant to Belding or whatever, because I never watched the show. Is his porn movie continuity, is that canon? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, <laughs> I, you know? It, I, I guess I guess what 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 do they say these days? Like what 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 do you want to be canon? Yeah, if it's if, canon. it's if it's canon right. in your head canon, then then it uh, counts. Probably not the word we should use for that so. either at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I totally I totally stopped watching the new class, and I I have not watched. You know you know what I did watch was that that you know the the thing that the entire cast got mad at him about like how he wrote that book and then they oh, wrote yeah, they yeah. did they did like the lifetime movie or whatever it yes. was i totally like sat through that which apparently according to like everybody but dustin diamond is complete bs but i still like sat through it and watched it because i was like camping out i was curious you know like i was like what's this all about my sister gave this to me for christmas one year as a gag i ah. have the board game so what is it? Is it like a what? What kind of board game is it? Is it like a Monopoly type thing? Like what? How do you I, how do you play it? I don't know. I I I I haven't really. It's been sitting on a shelf for years. I haven't really looked at it. Looked at it. I am sure it's up there somewhere. But if you're a billion years ago in internet time, so it was really it was like the early two thousands. I don't know if you've ever heard of the site X Entertainment. The guy's name is Matt, and he now runs the blog Dinosaur Dracula, but he had X Entertainment, and XE used to do all these articles and stuff. He did a whole thing on the Saved by the Bell board game, I remember. But it's like, it, I don't know if you're trying to date somebody in there or what. I, I, I honestly have to go up into my my closet in my office and like pull the thing out and like see what it's about and stuff like that. We never actually tried to play it. She thought it was hilarious, and she got it off on eBay, and it was like maybe – the early 2000s at some point where she got it for me. Yeah, I, I think sometimes people don't realize what a massive popularity that show had, that it was it was basically mm-hmm. like I, I, I was telling people how they used to have these, you know, grooming kits and stuff for like guys and stuff, like just all this kind of <laughs> wacky kind of stuff that they tried to, I guess, merchandise with that name brand like they would they would slap anything well you know slap save with a bell on anything so it doesn't surprise me that they tried to slap that ip on a board game to sell a few more games and stuff like that especially as they got into the early 90s with the show and 90210 was really popular so you could see the people in marketing at nbc going well we have a teen show but gosler you know he's 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 been solid as far as the career goes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of any of those, well, I guess. Well, Tiffany's had a had a decent career, I think, too. But it, uh, it, it's funny because I think I, I think one of the things that that I ended up doing, you know, camping out and all, I I, I did. There was a period <laughs> where I was like following Tiffany, you know, because because you know it's like after this, I I you know you're watching nine hundred two and because she was on that, and yep. and and then I was watching you know all these 
goofy, you know, made for TV movies, you know, she fought alone, you know, or, yeah. uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Somewhere along the way, I must've lost track of it. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't know what, yeah, I think, I think it was like the last thing I think I followed was there was a, a race car show. I think it was called fast lane or whatever. Yeah. And so I think I, I watched that cause she was on it. And then I think after that, I kind of lost track of the whole thing. But I guess then, then the other thing, Mario Lopez, I guess they sealed him, I think in plastic and only pulled him out. <laughs> And for just a limited amount of time, and then they seal him back up. That's the case, right? I think they only let him out for, you know, 20, 30-minute interviews. Yeah. He, does his, yeah. he does his pirouette, and everybody cheers, yeah. and then he, he goes back, right? Yeah. Right back in the bag, and they seal him back up because, I mean, he's still in mint condition. It's a it's a ziploc, you know. It's, yeah, it's, 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 he it's, still it, he looks exactly like he did when he was on the show. We we better hope they don't CGC him though, because that would be unfortunate. Yeah, because yeah, then he's slab. That's it. You can't get him That's out. That's it. That you point. can't you can't yeah. take him out and, and have take fun him out and kill yeah, the value. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. But he'll be on eBay, man. That'll be. I'll bet on him. Do you have a favorite Saved by the Bell character? Like, is it is it Kelly? Well, by default, it would have to be Kelly, but that was primarily because of my crush on Tiffany Amber Thyssen, who I followed over to 90210. Okay, so 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 what I'm seeing is there there is a common theme, like there's a fraternity of us that are all sort of secret brothers is our parlance on, on this podcast. So we all kind of share that crush on hmm. Tiffany Amber Thyssen, and a great many of us followed her to 90210 or continued watching 90210 because she was on it and everything. I think- I think I watch Fastlane a little bit, but I don't remember what channel it heard or whenever. I know I was happy to see her show up in White Collar, which my, my wife was watching primarily because of Matt Boomer, which I get, you know, good looking guy. And then Tiffany Thyssen would show up and I'd be like, oh, right, okay. Initially, she was not in the college years, but then when they brought her back, were you aware of that? Or was it like one of those things where like you watched a few episodes yeah. of the college years, you kind of said, she's not on it, I'm not going to watch this, and then you sort of came back to it? Or like, how did that? No, I, I still watched the college years. <laughs> I thought it was worse than the original show, if that was possible, because the original show was targeting a specific market it was targeting tweens that they'd be called now so there had to be a strong moral message and there was lots of asinine slapstick humor that really wasn't that funny when you look back on it now and it was all played so very broadly but it was targeting a specific audience so you could kind of you know you you went along with it by the time you get to the college years i'm expecting it to be a little bit more than that so something that i noticed that was set a sort of common among the folks that watched saved by the bell like a lot of us probably the first time we ever saw good morning miss bliss episodes there were like these series of like summer type episodes and you'd have mark paul gosler come out as you know say a 16 year old zach and kind of introduce the episode and then it would sort of flash back to like an 11 12 year old zach on good morning miss bliss with you know tweaked characters obviously because it's that was pre you know jesse and 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 kelly being on the show and ac slater and everything so you'd see some of those episodes and go what's this and then you know i think later with the advent of the internet you know you find out oh that was originally good morning Miss bliss and then it changed into saved by the bell and they were kind of you know recycling those for the syndication package so that they had you know they had more episodes to meet that syndication number but i was just wondering like did you encounter the syndication episodes did you ever like did good morning Miss bliss ever make it over there on its own like i have no 
concept of that, like like in terms of airing? No, I don't remember that airing at all. I don't even remember the new class, to be brutally honest with you. I mean, maybe by the time of the new class, I mean, if I'm just looking up on Wikipedia. If Saved by the Bell originally aired from 89 to 93, which is roughly my recollection of it, so that is my late teens, very early 20s, just turned 20. So that is my going out, getting drunk era. So by the time we're getting to the new class, which according to Wikipedia heard from like 93 to 2000, you're kind of moving on a little bit from that by that point. So I don't remember the new class. I don't ever remember if we got, was it American Dreams? Oh, okay. See, that that's something I have no familiarity with. Because like the, the new class, I think, was kind of like, it, it reminds me of my attitude towards new Star Trek series when they first started. But as opposed to Star Trek, where I would, eventually come back to it and and watch it all like the new class i just kind of was like who are these new guys like i don't like this and then i never picked it back up ever again so whereas i have tons of nostalgia for the core show essentially and and that rolled over into the college years i don't think i i think i might have watched like one episode of the new class and and probably had the same reaction that you did to the show in general, where I was like, this is shit. And then I stopped watching it, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I know I definitely saw the Wedding in Las Vegas episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a pretty huge deal. I think that was almost like a, you know, NBC TV movie over here or something, where it, it, it aired prime time or something. Right. I, again, I have no recollection of where Channel 4 heard that, but they must have done because I remember seeing it. But after that, I think it's one of those shows, it was on a very specific time that was just fortunate enough for me to be able to see it when it aired. I've never watched it since. I've never felt inclined <laughs> to watch it since. It's not one of those nostalgia things that I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll give a couple of episodes of Stingray a go. I've never felt the, the urge to go back to Say by the Bell. And one of the things that does surprise me about the show is that the majority of them went on to have pretty decent careers. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, based based purely on that show, I wouldn't have given any of them any acting awards. Mm. But again, they were probably told to play it really broad. Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm almost 100% positive, you know, given my experience with, with stuff like that. Like, most times, you're given a directive, like, whether or not it's to... I mean, because a lot of film acting is, is, is mostly subtle, but, I mean, when, when somebody goes over the top like they do there i mean usually that's by instruction i mean i i th that kind of reminds me of like i think channing tatum like kind of talking smack in interviews about being in gi joe and not understanding like what kind of movie he was in basically you know like like you get mm. the notion that he was coming in trying to be like i'm gonna be a serious actor and i'm duke the soldier and blah 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 and they're like no 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 man you're in a crazy commando suit you gotta be like blah bam blue and all this kind of stuff and he wasn't he wasn't like quite on board for that or something and 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 you feel like that more than likely in a lot of those kind of tv environments like you know it's, it's probably the same direction that the the kids with power rangers got you know what i mean i mean it's not like amy joe johnson's a terrible actress or anything but i'm sure at that time at her youthful age they're like all right yeah just go for the nines and be as big and bombastic as you possibly can be and that's they did what they were told to do and I, I think it probably doesn't do them any favors really later in the career that you think they can't act and then it turns out mark paul gosselaar is actually a pretty decent actor yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I know, I know you kind of, you know, had a rant about, you know, what you think of Zach Morris, you know, as, as human trash or whatever. But I mean, I, I think I was the right 
target demographic for that. I mean, I, I think I, you know, you know, and, and whether this, uh, you know, uh, sheds bad light on me, you know, to me, I mean, it, it wasn't so much that, that I, you know, I, I don't know to me, like I wanted to vicariously live through Zach Morris. Like I had a crush on Kelly. It's like more than likely Zach was going to end up with Kelly. Thus, like I, I wanted to see my best self in Zach and it, just because he was a used car salesman and kind of a, slick wheeler dealer type kid which was definitely not me you know like like so it's like it's like some aspects where it was like to me i think there were aspects where i wished i was zach morris for certain reasons but there are certain things in my personality set that don't tie into him at all but that didn't really matter i focused on the things that maybe i did have in common with him Mm. and and there was a certain sense of it's kind of like i to me i describe it as like the way people really i mean you know, there are things about Iron Man and, you know, Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne in particular that are not like the greatest character traits. It's not like I'm sitting out there looking to idolize paranoid obsessives or drunks, you know, just to make it a broad term, right? But like, or an alcoholic or something like that. But there, there is the aspect where you're like, oh, damn, I'd like to drive a really nice car. And oh, damn, I'd like to bet a really hot reporter just randomly for no reason or, or whatever it is that you're, you're, you know, keying in on in there you know, in their lifestyle, that, that is the, the good aspect. And I think, I think for me, Zach Morris fit that sort of, I guess, uh, appeal, mm. you know, as far as that goes. So it's like, for, for and, and then I think I always enjoyed things where the, the character, like, I, I love that he broke the fourth wall, you know, like that was something where I felt like, oh, he, he you know, it's like, he's talking to me and, and you're in the moment. And that was something I, I mean, even if it's a cheese ball, tool in terms of writing or whatever like i always thought that was awesome so like i incorporated that into you know my senior thesis and all kinds of stuff when i was writing because i thought it was like the coolest thing ever you know i can see like i I, i've seen some of those zach morris's trash videos like i get what you guys are you know what i mean like i'm not blind to it you know like i I get it as well i think the age that you see this by the time i'm i'm 18 19 when this is erin i'm looking at zach and thinking what a dick but if you're 12 or 13, you're probably looking at it and thinking, oh, he's, he's quite cool, actually. And yeah, the fourth wall stuff, I always used to like it when David Addison would do that in Moonlighting. I would not have pegged Saved by the Bell as being this popular. So of all this cast of characters, you know, Zack Slater, Screech, Kelly, Lisa, you know, Jesse, Tori, whoever it is, like it could be, or maybe, I don't know, I could be wrong. Like maybe it's from the new class or maybe it's somebody from the college years or something. But do, do you have a favorite Saved by the Bell character? I'm sure it was probably Zack. Okay. You know, okay. the goofball and, and the lead and also has a heart of gold, I think. And, and when his friends are really down and out, he's going to go and help them out. I, I But he's not without his flaws, obviously. I, he'd probably be my, my number one pick. So so speaking of all these characters, do you do you have a favorite Saved by the Bell character? Oh, Kelly. Kelly. Absolutely yeah, Kelly. Yeah. Okay. I, cause whatever she did, I would just sit and watch. And I mean... That was kind of it. I mean, I, I, I literally watched that show for the girls when I was, you know, a young teenage man. Yeah, I think I think for me, I think it was it was a combination of things. Like, I, I think because Zach was going out with Kelly, there was like kind of vicarious, you know, I wish uh, I was Zach, you know, he, yeah. he, he got the girl I wanted. So Zach must be cool, you know, so that, that yeah. kind of thing. And he'd break in and be the narrator, 
from time to time. He was kind of you know, his point of view a lot of the time. It's hard to like Screech because he is such like the stereotypical person who like I feel like made me be badgered by people in high school. Like I'm sure people looked at me at back then I had rather curly hair and were like, oh my God, that's Screech. Believe it or not, if I had to say like who is my favorite character, it would probably be Jesse outside of the I'm so excited <laughs> drug trip that she went down. Uh, I'm because, so scared. You know, I'm so scared. <laughs> I mean, I was part of the Just Say No generation. And she was hopped up on diet pills that one time. But she was the one that sort of like looked at people like A.C. Slater and was like, what a jerk and and like got good grades in school. And I was like, boy, I guess I'm kind of identifying the most with her because I'm certainly not Zach. So she would probably be my favorite. It's honestly, it's probably one of the girls. Probably like, just, I, I always liked any episodes that focused on, usually on Jesse, because I, I think it's probably because I was as high strung as she was in high school. She's got some of the better storylines and episodes and stuff. You know, I, I always had a thing for Tiffany Amber Thiessen. But then again, I mean, it's, you know, water is wet, right? So I think I think you're going to find that most of the guests I talk to on this podcast, including myself, will will own up to having a, a big crush on Tiffany Amber Thiessen. But I mean, it's not like I had like a strong affinity for like one particular character in the same way I did actually some other teen shows. I, it's it's almost like I had certain episodes or story arcs that I actually absolutely gravitated toward and, and would would definitely like pay more attention to if I was it was on as opposed to just like having one favorite character. But I guess I guess Jesse Jesse Spanner was probably one of my favorite characters on the show. And then I think just to to point out how I sort of discovered that as I like to call it, you were saved by the bell friendly, that that, that you were going to be one of the primary movers and shakers of this podcast. I think it was like one of your tweets that highly amused me was you, you basically made parallels between the new Teen Titans and the Saved by the Bell cast. And, and, and I remember the day <laughs> I saw that, I just was like chuckling to myself and everything, and I thought it was really funny. But I just thought, I, I just thought it might be kind of fun in, in audio form for you to go into like what parallels you drew and like why why you drew them if you can if you can kind of remember that pretty sure that Corey was was kelly because kelly and because Corey and dick were you know kelly and zach i want to say vic was was ac slater yeah that would have that would have lined up i think yeah and then and but i don't remember who lisa turtle was would she have been would she have been donna maybe maybe donna yeah maybe or one of them was yeah she might have been donna and then and then jesse was it was raven Probably because Jet because Raven's like the high the high strong one yeah. or whatever, <laughs> and and Donna's the fashion the fashion mogul or whatever she because she was the photographer who was who was really into clothes and stuff like that. So so I, I know we talked a little bit delved into nine hundred two and O and you delved into how you know obviously you 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 didn't feel like you could you know vicariously live through maybe Zach or Slater but but that you saw some of yourself in Screech. Like I was curious just because we were talking about nine hundred two and O and everything. Do you remember the episode? episode where they were all like in the glee club and like screech finally had his girlfriend and it was this girl named violet and that was actually like 
Tori Spelling, who would go oh, on yes. to be on 90210 and all that stuff. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, not for nothing. Like, like I thought they were kind of a cute couple as far as those things go. Like, and, and I, I remember feeling if, if you did feel any sense of identification with Screech, if you, you know, because you, you, you like geeky things or nerdy things or whatever, you know, he builds robots, he does all this kind of stuff and you figure, Hey, like there, there's some of me in Screech, right? So you, you yeah. felt like, Oh, look, the kid did good. Like he got himself a cute little girlfriend and they, they were part of the glee club. And that's kind of like, to me, I thought it was a fun thing, but I mean, I was just curious if that, if that hit hard for you or, or anything like that. I mean, I think I would say anytime anybody who I saw a little bit of myself with on television had a girlfriend, I was like, that's my man. Apparently <laughs> it didn't happen necessarily a lot for me in high school, maybe later on in high school when I got a job at the movie theater and maybe was exposed to more girls that, you know, there were a few now and then that, you know, found me interesting. But I do remember Tori Spelling and she was actually kind of like, she certainly wasn't the Tori Spelling that we saw on 90210. Yeah, by the yeah. Time. It was much geekier. And and I think that worked. And I was pretty happy because you sort of said to yourself like, oh, maybe out there somewhere in the wild is somebody who will understand me and appreciate me and not try to change me. Like, I mean, God, somebody is about screech to be that way. Mm. So so there was a little bit of like, oh, you know, I just have to keep looking. You know, I always gravitate toward the toward the blonde dude because I was always a, a, a blonde kid when I was growing up. So that. That's why I always liked, you know, Aquaman. I always liked The Flash. Tiffany Amber Thiessen, like I said, I was already grown and, you know, a, a, a man-ish at that point. That She was pretty much the reason why I would tune in. What's that song, Sweet Dreams? I swear there was like a TV movie that Tiffany Amber Thiessen was in where it was like, Sweet Dreams on NBC. And it was, I don't know, it was supposed to be some like, you know, serious like adult you know, dra- drama movie or something like that, like a very special movie of the week or some some crap. You're talking about the Marilyn Manson redid? Is that what you're talking about? Well, Sweet dreams are made of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, Is I that mean, what you're talking about? Well, but but I, I, I don't know. I don't know that that Marilyn Manson song was out by the time they made this this TV <laughs> movie, but I, I remember they called it Sweet Dreams, or I, I think so. When a woman awakens with amnesia, what is my name? One cop helps her uncover the past. Whatever there is out there, we will find it. A mysterious woman already knows it. I pity you. Why were you trying to kill me? But the more she discovers, I remember everything. The closer she comes to danger. 90210's Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Wings Amy Yazbek in a world premiere thriller with an ending you won't forget. Oh my God! And now, sweet dreams. And then, and then this is this is an exclusively Stella question. I'm not oh. asking this to anybody else do you do you have a favorite shipper in saved <laughs> by the bell like who, who's your favorite couple i guess oh this is a tough one actually no i'm just thinking uh, because I've stumped I rem- you you have to think about this for a minute right well yeah i mean i'm thinking through you know zach and Ke- i feel like they're you know the the otp the the ones that they right, belong right, together right. And even that i remember there was that one episode where I think there was a dance or something. Yeah, yeah. And they were sitting on the bench outside, and they're like, "We love each other, but we're almost like a 90210." I can't remember who Dylan and whoever Brent, that other person. Brenda. Is. 
maybe yeah and they had that moment there where like we'll always like love each other but maybe not necessarily romantically at the time but he's with her I think just throughout I feel like you know that's the the cliche one but I'm also thinking you know it's really interesting when they did the Lisa and Zach that was a really oh, okay. interesting okay. one yeah. and the Slater and that <laughs> that was more like hating before and then they got uh I I probably I'm sorry I'm gonna have to do the tropey and cliche one probably and say Zach and Kelly would be oh, no, the one nothing, pair that I would go for there's nothing wrong with that like that I I, I remember because because you know I, I I had a crush on Kelly like I probably vicariously lived through Zach Morris, right? Like, because you're like, and, and then you want, like, I mean, I think that carried over into 90210 because when, when Tiffany Amber Thiessen went on to 90210, I was like, you know, shipping like Brandon Walsh and her, even though they were like, you know, living sister or whatever it was oh, like sure, that thing yeah. and stuff like that. And like, I remember when that, when that happened, like at the end of the first season she was on, like they kept teasing it the whole season. And then at the end of it, I think he finally comes in the room with her or vice versa or something like that. And they start making out and that's how the, the, the season ends. And I was like, yeah, like I was all awesome. And then I think the follow-up season, it was a total cop out because they, they faked you out and they were like, Oh, remember when I came in the room and made out with you? Yeah, that was weird. Like we shouldn't have done that. And then they totally went off and did a bunch of other plots. And I was like, so crushed. Cause I was like, Oh, what I, I thought that was going to be like, you know, like the Zach and Kelly thing. And then I think when they did that Vegas wedding thing, like that was, oh, yes. that, that excited me too. Cause that sort of cemented that like, you know, even though, like you say, they had those moments of, you know, will they, won't they? And then there's moments where you know they decide they can't be together and end up you know pairing with with other folks and stuff like that like at least when when she finally came back to the college years it was like they were trying to set up i think zach and i can't remember what her name is now but there was the other i want to say like you know she she was more harvard educated or something like that i can't remember what her name was but they were trying to set up Zach and, and that girl and then the minute like Kelly came back that all sort of fell to the wayside because kind of like what you said like you know OTP you know type thing so I yeah. remember being excited about that and even that the beach one was it he, he had a serious girlfriend who ended up being on oh, that yeah, 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 other yeah. sitcom and then but yeah. then they ended up yeah so it's like every time I think they realize so it's very much Ross and Rachel almost where and my idea of Dick and Babs as well where I think they get together sometimes and there are going to be these in-betweens. But at the end, like those two are meant to be together. That's my thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I don't think that's I, I know you said you, you thought it was probably going to be a standard type answer. But I mean, I, I that's probably what I'd go with. And if I'm the only one you're asking the question, then <laughs> that's the only answer you're going to get. Yeah, and that's it. So that that's that's what it is. The ultimate authority on shippers hath spoken. Oh, thank you. So, so there you go. Hey, Kelly, let's go outside. We need to talk. Should we wait for Zach? I don't know where he went. Forget it. Let's just do it. Okay, everyone. This is the last dance. So find that special person and make it good. One, two, three. Swept your heart away 
Jeff and I have been working together, and... Do you really like him? No. Yes. I don't know. It's just all happening so fast. Kelly, what happened? I, I, I thought you loved me. I do love you, Zach. It wasn't supposed to be this way. Not for us. I don't want to hurt you for anything in the whole world. I thought we'd always be together. I miss you, Kelly. Well, hey, how about one last dance? Like that. another reason though i like to, to watch it though it was the girls but there was also kind of the the aesthetic of the show it was a very kind of archie show yeah yeah and i had always grown up liking archie stuff because i'm i'm of the funny i've become of the funny or die opinion that zach boris is trash i don't know if you've seen those videos i think what the jack netties keep posting them. <laughs> yeah I've, I've i've seen i've seen some of those i, I was going to ask you if you've seen the because we were talking about good morning miss bliss i i got a kick out of the yeah. i don't know if it's a video but there was some like written theory about how basically you know in i forget good morning miss bliss is what in like Idaho somewhere it's or like Indiana, Indiana, right? Or so, yeah. so there was this theory that like there was a, a, you know, it's like the Cold War kicked off and there was a big, you know, nuclear attack <laughs> and everything. And basically, like Saved by the Bell is like Zach Morris's imagination after like the, you know, Indiana Good Morning Miss <clears throat> Bliss like school is like leveled to the ground or something like that. That it's all his like imagining. So he's not really that popular. He's not really that cool or suave and, and all that kind of stuff. It's probably like the initial salvo of, you know, Zach Morris's trash, right? Like that that kind of notion. There was a podcast called Go Bayside. And I think it's all finished up and I haven't listened. I have to probably have to go back and listen to the whole thing. But it's this comedian and she and one of her friends would go through an episode of Saved by the Bell like every episode. And I remember listening to the I think I got about four or five episodes in before I fell off. And I remember at one point you've heard the, the, the kind of Internet theory that Ferris Bueller doesn't exist. He's essentially Cameron Fry's Tyler Durden. Oh, OK, OK. So there, they jokingly decided at one point, or just during this episode, that Zachorus is actually a figment of Screech's imagination. <laughs> and I'm like, brilliant. And it's right up where they're jokingly years ago. I, I I said that Valerie Malone from 90210 is actually Kelly Kapowski. She just changed her name and is living under an alias in Beverly Hills. <laughs> 
And there was was it Chuck Klosterman, I think, had this whole essay in Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puff. And they just talked about how, like, you know, how the hell could the Tory episodes exist? And he was like, basically, the girls weren't in school that day or whatever. I honestly think that it just exists because I am a comic fan. The Tory is it's it's a world like our own, yet slightly different. <laughs> so this <laughs> take place on Earth. Earth Tory. For the Sylvester McCoy one, I'm pretty sure it was Remembrance of the Daleks, because what I remember is his companion Ace, who was this kind of, you know, rough and tough stomping tomboy who basically the the only person if 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 air hammer's listening to this he'll know what the fuck i'm talking about but ace reminds me of tori from saved by the bell like the new girl who came in and had like the leather jacket and was all <laughs> rough and tumble and shit except for she's like she's like the british version of tori from saved by the bell or whatever did you realize that Harvey Comics had made Saved by the Bell tie-in comics before I had you read this first issue? No, I did not. It's not a surprise, because, you know, tie-in comics have been going on forever, and Saved by the Bell was relatively popular, so it's not a surprise. But I did not know that there was a Saved by the Bell comic book. Did you realize that Harvey Comics had made a Saved by the Bell tie-in comic book before I asked you to take a look at that first issue? Actually, no, I, I didn't realize that Harvey Comics was still around at the same time to, to make a Saved by the Bell issue. <laughs> I knew because I'd heard about it, never read it. You know, after reading the comic, I found a BuzzFeed post from 2013 that said the Saved by the Bell comic has to be the worst comic book series ever. I have to have known that at some point because I was hanging out in comic shops and I always... I'm always one of these guys that, yeah, I love Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, but I've always looked at everything, but I will tell you when you mentioned it to me, it was like there was a black hole in my brain that went, we don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> this this does not exist. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I obviously never even cracked one of these things open, much less remember it at all. So, no, I, I, I'll have to say... Surely I had to have run across it at some point, but I, I can't claim to have actual knowledge of it when you said something. You you may have blocked it completely from your yeah. memory yeah. engrams and everything. Well, and with good reason. I didn't realize it went beyond the first issue until last night where I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's, 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 more. there's more. <laughs> oh, my God. How did this get beyond this first issue? <laughs> No, I did not. I have to say, like, obviously, I'm, like, in the bag for DC. I'll dabble in Marvel, but didn't really look much farther. And if I saw this, I doubt that I would have been like, I have to get it. Did you, in fact, realize that Harvey Comics had made a Saved by the Bell tie-in comic book before I asked you to read the first issue of it? I had no idea, but I'm not surprised. Just to, to finish off this, this line of intensive questioning about Saved by the Bell, what are your thoughts on the first issue of Saved by the Bell? Like, <laughs> what, what, did you, what did you actually think of what you saw? Yeah, I think it's very much a good mix of the show with, like, Archie-esque hijinks. Okay, okay. They, they do, I think they do a good job of capturing Zach's voice, even in the beginning. You know, he's breaking the fourth wall and talking and you've got the whole Kelly situation and him 
I think the best, I think of the two stories, I guess it's two and a half of the two stories. I think the major ones, I would go with the last one as being like really true to what would happen where they've got that whole tutoring service because of course Zach would come up with some sort of idea yeah, yeah. and, but it wouldn't be altruistic and then it would backfire to a certain extent, but Hey, the dance is canceled, but in the end they actually still have a dance. So it seems like it's pretty, I would say accurate to what the character's, would actually be doing on TV. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the main reason why this particular issue was something that I wanted to talk about was mainly because this is one of my beloved, illustrious Spinneret comic books. Like, this was something I, I found on <laughs> a new... Of course you it know, is. Yeah, yeah, I found it on a newsstand. It was it was at a quick stop. You know, it had the little UPC barcode on it, you know, so that's how you... you know. The, usually, if you got it from a comic specialty shop, there'd be some... You know, if it was like a Marvel comic, there'd be some cool drawing of like Spider-Man on the inside of that barcode thing. But if you actually got it from like a Walden Books or, you know, some some mom and pop shop or Safeway or something like that, when they actually like had comic books in, in wide distribution, like that's, you know, that's where you would pick them up and everything. And And I mean... I was a pretty easy mark for, for getting that comic book just because, like you said, I, I liked Saved by the Bell. I would hesitate to say I was like Zach Morris in school. I, I would more say I wished I was Zach Morris, thumbing his nose at authority and kind of skirting the rules but not actually you know, breaking them. It didn't hurt that his his one true pair was also, you know, somebody who I thought was super cute as a kid. That kind of aspect to it made it an easy impulse buy. And the fact that they had the, I think what helped this was they had that photo cover. And most times I think now as a longtime comic fan, I kind of, I turn my nose up at photo covers. I kind of poo-poo the photo covers. <laughs> I will say that you and I are similar because with books, if there are movies based off of the books, often they'll switch out the covers when the movie's coming out. And if I want to read the book, for instance, I do not like the covers that have the people from the movies on them. So I'll always try to find the original. <laughs> I just don't like it. You, you you don't want that Katniss from the movie on your Hunger Games book, no, right? No, yeah, yeah, I yeah. want the original. Of, you yeah. know what it what it yeah, originally yeah, yeah. was. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What What are your thoughts on issue number one of uh, Saved by the Bell? Well, I mean, they got the formatics right. You know, they've got Zach doing narration. They've got the dynamics of the characters right, by and large, and they do one of those things that you should do in these comics, which is open it up because you're not bound by budgets or sets, but it reads like bad Archie. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I, I think, I think for me, like there's, there's probably a reason like this is, this is a, you know, quote unquote, beloved spinner act comic, but I think there's a reason why I only ever had issue number one. And this went on to have, you know, six issues and there's some various like specials and this and that and the other thing. So, so I, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's at least six issues of this. I think there's a reason why I never really ventured beyond this first issue. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not good. I mean, they did all the things they're supposed to do, but it's just, it's not good. It wasn't very good. Was it? It reminds me, my, my buddy, back before I ever got into actively watching like Buffy and Angel, like the Whedonverse, like there was, there was a long period of time where my roommate in college watched those shows and I kind of picked them up by osmosis, I guess. Like they were always playing in the background, but I didn't actually watch them, even though I wasn't like super into it. I think later when the musical episode came out was when I, 
I kind of got into it and everything and started watching it. But somewhere in between that period, I remember my buddy as a joke, he knew I loved comics and everything, but as like a, a joke comic, he, he went out of his way to buy me like an angel comic that had David Boreanaz's photo on the cover oh, to like, to like yeah. troll me or whatever. So it was like this funny joke or he's like, here you go. I got you. Yeah, I know you like comics. So typically I would poo-poo photo covers, but I think in this instance it worked and did its job because I would say like maybe the art is like, you know, you kind of said it, the shenanigans that take place in it kind of remind you of Archie. But I mean, I would even be willing to say the, the art in this is, is of a much lower caliber than even even Archie. It's like, yeah, you can tell the blonde kid is Zach Morris. But I, I remember there's actually like one in that tutory thing. There's one panel where I still haven't figured out who the kid is because I was like, it's like, you know how like Slater, it's like, oh, instead of actually getting tutored, he's got like two girls with him. Kelly gets with like a wrestler or something like that. But then there's this one panel where Zach's like, oh, this isn't working out for me. And, and, and you know, because Kelly's, you know, uh, getting tutored by this hunky wrestler guy and, and everybody's grades are getting lower. So this didn't quite, you know, pan out the way I intended. And then there's this one image behind him of a guy. It's a, it's a dark-haired guy in like a Charlie Brown shirt because it's like yellow and it's got the little squiggle. And he's running from three girls kind of going, help like uh, you know and they're they're all like tutor us or whatever and like i was kind of like i was like wait well that's not slater and that's not that's not screech like so i was kind of like maybe it's just some random guy that's being accosted by three girls uh, you know what a ripoff like oh you're not even going to draw me a cover like that kind of thing or mm -hmm. or you can't you know maybe hire an artist who could do like good enough likenesses to make a really good comic book cover so that these characters would be immediately recognizable. So your go-to is to do a photo cover. But I mean, I think in this instance, just because of what we've been talking about, that I, I love the show so much that, you know, seeing the photo cover, it totally stood out and was like, oh, I'll check this out. And, and so now admittedly, I, I did not continue buying it, but, but I mean, you know, that, that's, you know, at least in this instance, it kind of, it kind of did its job to to get me to to initially check it out as far as that goes. What are your thoughts on the Harvey comic book Saved by the Bell issue number one? Well, it it, it was it was definitely a comic. <laughs> <laughs> it fit um, it fit the the legal strict definition of comic book. It had like paper and pages and and there was an art and a cover. Exactly, and it was in four color, you know that that kind of stuff. It seemed to me like it was just one one big ad. I mean, it was kind of like the Hostess Pies. Okay, ads. okay. Basically, what you're saying is it's kind of like an SNL skit stretched out into a movie. That's a terrible fucking movie where it's like it was a Hostess a Hostess ad that was like one page or two pages, but it was stretched out to like two stories, and it was whatever this is, like 20-something pages of comic, but it should have just been like a little one-page Hostess ad, and that would have been it. Exactly, and and comparing it to SNL was kind of apropos because, you know, it's kind of like recent SNL. It, it was it was almost that bad. I, I think this might have been a little bit better than recent SNL. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of got the characters, but it, it took them to a caricature level from the show i mean i've watched like like i've told you before i I'm, i have no nostalgia really for the show but i know i've seen it enough to know the characters and what went on in it and they seem to like just make them more of a caricature of of what their character is from the show sprinkle in all the jokes are are, are 
dad jokes, it seems. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's just like set up, set up, dad joke, set up, set up, dad joke. You know, it is what it is. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a guy in his mid forties reading this, so I, I, it definitely wasn't meant for me. It, it was it was just something meant to point you back to the show and for people who have already watched the show to you know see these characters in different adventures, which. You know, it, it is what it is. Unless you, you have a different take on, like, the first story versus the second story. Like, do you think one's better than the other? Do you think they're both kind I of think they're, equally? I think they're both of a, of a level of what you expect from, say, by the bell. It's Zach trying to pull something off and get away with doing something without actually putting any effort into it. And making a mess of it, but it all turning out okay in the end. That That's pretty much what Say by the bell was. None of them look like teenagers. Except maybe Dustin Diamond. He, he, I don't know if this is true or not, but he looks the youngest. He, he was the youngest. He was actually like, you know, playing, you know, a 12, 11 year old, but he was like eight or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, so he was definitely younger. He's the only one I remember whose who's voice breaks in the show. Now, here's the interesting thing. I went and looked up all these guys because I said, well, who are these guys? Did they just get like old you know, washed up Archie guys to come mm, on and mm, okay. do this stuff. So I looked up the artist, at High Rosen's the artist. Yeah. Looked him up and didn't see anything other than he did like Georgie, which was kind of an Archie clone. I guess that was for Dell. He did the I Love Lucy spinoff comic back in the fifties. Uh, so, so he's got he's got TV yeah. comic book experience, right? Yeah. Like... But then I checked out the writer, and this is where it really gets interesting, and why. It was Kismet that you had me on. Angelo de Caesar is the writer. Now, listen to this in his bio on the Lambique and Comiclopedia. He began working in the art department of King Feature Syndicate in 1981. He took over Rudolph Dirks' Catch and Jammer Kids comic from Mike Sinich in 1981. Now, who's Mike Sinich? I mean, I know the Catch and Jammer Kids, but I don't know sure. too much about the Mike Sinich, though. Mike Sinich is my great uncle. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere in my family, there are a couple of original strips that he gave to various members of the family. Never me, but that he gave to various members of the family over the years. My aunt Dot is living in a lovely home up in, I think it's in New Jersey. She's still alive. He passed away some years ago. He's married to my grandmother. He was married to my grandfather's sister. Okay. So he was my great uncle. So so basically the writer of A Chillin' Holiday and the Bayside Burglar succeeded your your yes. relative in, in the Cats and Jammer kids. Uncle. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow, that's that's super cool. So just a little tie in there. Yeah. I, and I didn't know it until I started looking stuff up. I was like, holy cow, there's a reason why I was here. What what were your thoughts on issue number one of Saved by the Bell? It certainly could have been an episode, no doubt, both of these stories, although the, the belding one that is the back end of this issue was a little bit strange to me. The first story, you know, as I'm reading this and Zach is trying to recreate, you know, Kelly's youth so that she'll feel nostalgic and maybe sort of like put him back in his good graces. And then, of course, he's completely wrong, was, again, frustrating in terms of like, why is she with him and not someone <laughs> like me? I would know she grew up in Florida and not Wisconsin. But yeah, I certainly felt that this would make a fine episode, would show that Zach is kind of like not the perfect guy that he thinks he is. And that maybe one day she would look upon somebody like me and be like, that's the kind of guy I want to be. With. 
Well, you know, you you got a shot, right? Because she she dumps a bucket of water on his head at the end, right? Because he's he's checking out the other girl instead of her, even though he sort of solemnly vows not to not to look at another girl's direction. So it's kind of like that same kind of you know wah wah like wacky hijinks yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I had never seen this on the stands at all, so I not that I would have ever bought it, but yeah, I was. <laughs> this was a trip, let me just say. <laughs> so so we'll get into it. What what are your thoughts on issue number one of Saved by the Bell, Tom? First of all, the cover cracks me up because you know it's just like it's a publicity photo of the cast and it's probably early it's like a few seasons in because they're all slightly older. Yeah. And Zach Morris has the kind of that gel shelf head thing that was popular because of 90210, kind of that Jason Priestley, Luke Perry hair thing going. I mean, you could you could set down your you could use that as a coaster. And <laughs> and and AC Slater AC Slater has the has the mullet, has a little bit of the menudo mullet going. But what it looks like is and now I don't know if this is the scan or if this is the actual comic cover. So so you know, maybe it's just the way it was scanned in. But it looks like when you make a copy of a copy of something mm. like you know an old photocopier and the kind of the resolution things that it really looks like you know like you could either tiffany amethyson is really 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 tan but her skin tone toward the left side of the cover matches lark Voorhees's skin tone and i'm like so it's a really badly lit photo or, or it's basically somebody was making a copy of a print and you know it just it it didn't scan very well and everybody is smiling the makeup is a little too bright but then Dustin Diamond has this look on his face like it's it's so creepy like it's just <laughs> like he's gonna he's thinking of doing things to you that it's just like that you you feel very very uneasy looking looking at this young man and considering the rest of his career after Saved by the Bell I'm not shocked there's a lot of art in this that's kind of miss more miss than hit yeah but yeah yeah like you know I think it, it in the first story they have like they have jesse looking looking kind of hispanic which was weird i didn't i didn't quite get that but from panel to panel just just the or from page to page the 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 characters seem to change but not not change enough we don't know who they are but change enough to where let's say there's a a range around looking like the character they go from one end of the range to the other you know what i mean yeah there there's there's a certain lack of internal consistency i suppose yeah i i and i don't know enough i don't know enough about the show but what did they hang out at a place kind of like pops from archie i mean is that they did hang out at a place called Max's, and Max was a real character. Well, the thing is, is you think about any, anything like this with you know kids who are you know they're very different, but they're friends. That's a that's a trope that goes back. You know, to, you have Archie, but you also have you know what you call it, Happy Days. You have you, you can go even back to like Dobie Gillis. It's it's pretty much the same stuff over and over. It's like you know they have a place where they hang out outside of school. They have a place. I mean, you even have Welcome Back. Welcome Back Cotter did some things that were ground breaking at the time in, in my opinion but they all follow that same kind of script where it's you know you have one guy who's the kind of like the leader or the main character the the weird dude and then you have you know the the good looking girl you know i was going back to Dobie gillis just because you know it, it, gilligan was the weird dude on there yeah. you know who reminded me of Scooby, so 
But I don't, I don't even know if anybody listening to this would even know what Dobie Gillis well, is. Well, I mean, it, I don't know. To me, it makes sense because I, I feel like that's like a, a precursor to like Archie, right? To me, it seems like those would be the forefathers of something like Saved by the Bell, right? Like Archie and Dobie Gillis and all that right, kind of exactly. stuff. Right, yeah. exactly. In my opinion, it, as it goes on, it seems like you're getting a photocopy of a photocopy. This isn't even the photocopy, right? Because this is like the comic adaptation of the photocopy, right? Like, because it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's even more sort of removed, which is, I, I can understand why anybody would have that disconnect. Cause it's like, you, you really have to like love Saved by the Bell to sort of, you know, get into this or, or, or find like merit in, in some of this stuff, right? Because it's, it, 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 yeah. I mean, I get it. Even in this comic, reading it, I mean, it's like, it may not be the exact same joke from, you know, one of these types of shows or situations from before or this type Archie comic but from before or whatever, but it's, it's not the exact same. It's, it's kind of like you take out the snow snow making machine and you put in, you know, a, a rain making right, machine or, right. or you put in some other thing there and, and you know it's going to go bad from the first time you hear about, you know, that something's going to happen and, and that the main character because it because it was his idea ends up cleaning everything up at the end with the mop you know i mean you just you just could kind of see that yeah, coming yeah, you know what totally. i mean yeah i mean I, that's that's the point of these things is is not it's not for surprises or anything it's kind of like about the the jokes in between but like like i said the little dad jokes that are you know every page you know you got a, a little joke where you know the the guys are ripping each other or, or whatever you know yeah i mean it's kind of like you you know you're gonna knock over all the dominoes you're just having fun setting them up and seeing which way they zig and zag right like that's that's yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of the, the novelty of it yeah they all look far too old to be what they're doing on the cover but maybe in the show they aged appropriately i don't remember the first story the first story is actually quite sweet and doesn't really paint Zack in that bad of a light, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, the art, the art's awful. This could have easily been, you know, Archie Andrews, like, screwing something up with Veronica or something, and then he gets the whole yeah. Archie gang together to, like, smooth it over with her. I mean, it's it, the art is weird as well in that it's, it's clearly caricatured, but they don't actually do a bad job with Maria Lopez. Uh, Mar- Mario, not Maria. <laughs> Sorry. Mario Lopez and Mark Paul Gosselaar. Dustin Diamond's okay because he's got a face that's easily caricatured. The the girls aren't very well done at all, particularly Jesse and yeah, Kelly. Yeah, it, it, it's I don't know, like yeah, it's it's hard to to distinguish sometimes because sometimes they, you know, the the hairstyles and then the coloring too. It's like they they both look to have dark hair i guess the way it's inked right so then you know you you might have mm-hmm. been able to distinguish it to make kelly's hair a little darker and, and jesse's hair a little lighter but they don't ever seem to go that route with it no it's it, i mean even as a caricature it doesn't work terribly well because jesse has a completely different facial shape to kelly and that doesn't come across in the comic at all but the art the art's just not very good it's like the kind of thing where people do a sketch for you when you're on the pier at Blackpool, mm, it's it's mm. not great. I mean, I mean, the, the story was fine. It, it did feel like, say, by the bell. So you know, if that's what they were going for. I mean, for what it is, like, I I, I think I I pretty much enjoyed and or preferred that first story. I think I think the second story, like, I I kind of you know I don't know. Belding seems like he's holding their their winter dance 
hostage, you know, like for, for test scores. And it just seems like, like that's like extremely awful. Whereas like, you, you know how you were saying like, okay, well they have Zach Morris's trash. It's like in that, in that segment, it's almost like, well, Belding's kind of trash too, you know, like to me, like that's. Yeah. And, and an awful lot of it is it, I don't think Saved by the Bell was really designed to be yes, taken yes, seriously. Yes, absolutely. Like, like it, it was never going to follow the strict edicts or mandates of a school board ruling or something like that it was it was all very fictionalized you know and and, and not not to the letter yeah. of, of the law or something like that it was a broad comedy show for tweens it wasn't supposed to be a searing indictment of the high school life yeah but then you have a you have a um a, a box a, a issue box in the in the upper left hand corner and I think Zach has glasses. Yeah, I guess. What? I mean, I I don't know if they're supposed to be shades or what. Yeah, but I yeah, I guess I guess that has to be Zach, right? Because it can't be anybody else. Yeah. There, there's a lot yeah, of weird it's... stuff like that in 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 terms of the art where you're just kind of like, well, wait a minute, like who is this supposed to be now, or is it supposed yeah. to be anybody? Like for all we know, it's that kid that was supposed to be getting tutored in the second story right zigbert or whatever his name is like you know it's like it's like for all we know that's who it is but but yeah you would think like they would put their their marquee star character in the little like upper left hand box but yeah it is kind of i don't know maybe he's he's in disguise right (laughs) like yeah this is interesting like it's it the way that the likenesses are pretty terrible. The art's pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like even to the point where people's faces—I'm mean, not even likenesses—just the faces are really weird looking. The stories are kind of like off-brand Archie stuff. Yeah. The first one where they're trying something about like how Zach didn't listen to Kelly and he's setting up this weird party where there's snow and Max is wearing like Max seriously is wearing like pops outfit from like you know he's wearing like a soda shop thing yeah like, yeah you know, that is a really weird one the tutoring one i can see actually as an episode of the show because that because usually like you know zach if i'm remembering i'm sure he did things that were very like you know i want to be with my my girlfriend so i want to do something nice but usually he was kind of scamming everybody so that you know and if he really had some... he, he had the whole used car salesman kind of vibe he was always trying to sell somebody something there was probably like something like a dating machine or you know like things like that that was like you yeah. know kind of wacky hijinks but i mean i i feel like that was something that was atypical of like an archie story as well you know like things like that were you know you'd have this kind of wacky hijinks and you know dances and belding and weatherby you know they're, they're not they're not too far removed from one another i think like they made like girls a bayside calendar or something i remember one or something with with subliminal messages in 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 a tape to get the girls to like him or whatever but yeah there was like a record and then eventually like i think they they turned against them because there was that one teacher who's like I totally love you too, Zach. And he's like, oh, this has gone too far because the old teacher lady is into me now too or whatever, like, you know. Yeah. And they're all kind of like, I guess, mobbing him at the end, you know, like, so yeah, I, I yeah. remember that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, I think I think a photo cover though, you know, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, there's Saved by the Bell. It, it like immediately, you know, you'd seen it on TV the day before or whatever, you know, it, it'll jump out to you. But all I know is that in this particular comic, you needed more 
belding in it. Mm. I don't think there was quite enough belding. Yeah, so, I mean, he's 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 pretty much. Uh, it's like I guess Max is the only adult presence in the first story, and then not until you get to the second story about test scores and tutoring thing. That's that's when belding plays a role. But even then, I mean, he's sort of. I, I see what you're saying. He doesn't interact with the kids all that much. I mean, most of his scenes are with himself or the, the, the school staff, and it's only because the kids are kind of, you know, snooping on him in his office that they interact at all. Right. Now, now I don't remember a lot from the show, but was Belding always coming up with these weird ideas like this because it's real, a really out-there idea? I kind of thought the idea was out there, especially in the comic. There were things that happened on the show, but I don't, I don't feel like he would have held, like, the school dance hostage for test scores. Like, I feel like that's kind of extreme. Well, not even that. I mean, what I'm talking about is I don't think he would have done anything that would, you know, because he was doing it so that he could be seen as a great principal and principal of school. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. Like, like was angling to be a better principal? I mean, I... Yeah, I, I don't... I don't I, I don't remember him doing I think that. he was, but not not in the sense, you know, not in the sense that to get the regular. He, he was trying to. Yeah, he was trying to. It, it, it's not like he was trying to get that promotion or or some kind of notoriety from his his peers. Like like I think if he ever tried to be a better principal, it was more about. Like, you know, he, he was always kind of like trying to reach the kids and, and be their friend, you know, more than than I think a typical principal would be. And not so much that, like, it's going to reflect better on his resume or or his, you know, that his, his professional reputation. It's more about his reputation as as a personable educator. I always took it in, in the context of the the TV show, you know, like, and, and that is probably how, you know, the actor was with the cast, right? Like he was just trying to be their bud, you know, or something like that. Well, I th- wasn't there some behind the scenes stuff where he was trying to be too much of their bud or something? I'm talking about Tiffany Thiessen. Of course, she's a former star of the beloved high school sitcom Saved by the Bell. Well, she was on the Today Show this morning promoting her hit TV show, White Collar. And as you're seeing here during a trivia segment, Dennis Haskins, who played Principal Belding on Saved by the Bell, he made what was a surprise appearance. I want to play for you now Tiffany's priceless reaction as it happened. Whoa! Hey, Dennis Mr. Belding! Hi, Al. How, how are, are you, sir? Can I just say hi? Sure. This is oh, my gosh. Tiffany's oh, 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 we broke the book. I make an entrance. Uh, were you watching her face there? It was kind of like... And all day long, the Twitter sphere just buzzing about how underwhelmed Tiffany seemed to be to see her old co-star. Is she giving Principal Belding the stink eye? Is she just sleepy? Well, it was early in the morning, after all, but you be the judge on this. There was this one episode, too. Like, he had a couple where he really did some, like, underhanded stuff, like the one where he he bugged Jesse's bedroom. There were early episodes like that where he would kind of get a comeuppance. So, like, that was the episode where, like, he found out that Kelly actually was going to go out with him or whatever and then they figured out that he had bugged him so they came up a way to get revenge and they pretended kelly was like a complete psycho yeah like she was gonna she was gonna like break his legs or something or yeah or go nuts yeah. and everything this first one it's this whole thing it almost it almost reads as if it was a, it was a, a story that was meant for a different comic and they swapped out the characters because even the the characters don't look they don't look right and there's like one panel like where 
they're all in, you know, like I can't even, I don't know if I can see Zach. No, Zach has like, he's wearing like a curly brown wig, but like they've colored his hair brown. So everything is like crazy inconsistent. And it's, it's just kind of like this, this weird, this weird story where nobody's like really in character. I guess Zach kind of is, but Kelly is just sort of like not too much of a jerk to him, but it all ends up in like, you know, just silly fake snow everywhere. And like, you know, people flying around and slapstick stuff. But then you get this whole scam where they're they're trying to tutor this because Belding's come up with this idea that like, you know, everybody's going to get a point on their midterm or something like that or whatever it was, or they can't go to the dance. They need to make a, a new uh, a new web series like Belding is Trash. Because you know, he's, he's holding, he's, old, trash he, he's he's like kids dance hostage with with midterm <laughs> points or whatever. Like yeah. yeah, it's very much a Saved by the Bell episode. There's just this one-off. We'll never see her again. Character named Kimberly, who's blonde and wearing a tight dress, and Zach's like basically scamming just to get with her. And and at one point, like you know, she's his two, whatever. So he's he's off to do some intense studying, which in parlance is probably like you know a kiss and maybe some heavy petting or whatever, or holding hands. But then Kelly's got hers, and it, it all just kind of like you know goes completely off the rails. Which which again, actually works, but the the artwork is so bad. Right, right, right. Exactly. So so one thing that I think I'm I, even though I haven't coined it as this yet, but I'm I'm gonna call it Screechgate. So so this is this is something that I, I find interesting and I've been pointing out to to virtually everyone who's who's been on the show. And I'm I'm curious what your take on it is. So in the second story where Belding gets the the bright idea to like basically hold uh, the the winner dance as as hostage like blackmail yes. for getting better test scores because that's yes. that's such a great educational motivator so <laughs> so and, and then of course zach you know i think you know i agree with you like they kind of at least tried to nail the the premise of the show it's like zach's being his his used car salesman self so he comes yeah. up with the scheme like okay well if we're gonna have to study like let's let's do this kind of tutor thing where I can make some money off of it and then okay. and then potentially hook up with some some cute blonde and and, and all this other yep. kind of stuff right but then there, there's this interesting page it's it's page six is the the way it's it's labeled and and they it's basically like the next day after everybody kind of you know like Kelly and Slater are kind of like I'm gonna we're gonna go find our own tutors like we don't want to be paired with the the nerds or whatever that you've, yeah. you've saddled us with essentially. And so, so then, you know, Kelly comes out and it's kind of like, look, I've got this, you know, wrestling guy, you know, and Zach's kind of like, uh Oh, like I, I, I might've messed up, you know, like, like Kelly's off with this wrestling guy, you know, Slater's kind of like, I, I'm going to do twice as much studying with two girls, you know? And so there's uh -huh. all this kind of stuff. And then there's this scream. It says, leave me alone, help. And yeah. Zach is kind of like, freaking out because there are three girls, you know, kind of indescript Bayside High girls saying he's my Spanish tutor. No, he's helping me. I saw him first. And someone in a, well, I say someone because that's that's the, the point of contention here. But someone in a kind of Charlie Brown shirt is running Very off Charlie Brown. saying, but girls, I'm not even taking Spanish. And then at that point, Zach kind of says, well, maybe this tutoring thing wasn't such a hot idea. Now, 
it, it, it's one of those things because it's like, okay, well, we know it's not Zach because Zach's watching it. We know it's not Slater because Slater's just kind of came by with the two girls and, and strolled off all happy with himself. And then there, there's an instinct where you're like, well, it doesn't look like Screech. But then part of you wonders, like, if it was Screech, that would be the sign of the apocalypse, right? That, like, yes. three girls are chasing after him and would clue Zach in that it's a bad idea. But my, 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 you know, my constant note to everyone is, who is that? And then is it Screech? Like, and, and I kind of don't think so. But then sometimes people no. are like, it could be. But I, I don't know. No. I'm, I'm just kind of like, I, yeah. I, in every one of the gags, in the first two gags, they introduce new characters somewhat. And by the way, let me just say that Kurt Kelly's tutor would be sent home for wearing those shorts. Because <laughs> I got sent home for wearing shorts that were much, much more modest than that one day when I was in high school. And I, anyway. So, yeah, my take was that it was just a guy off to the side that chicks kind of dig. Because he's not, like like he says, he's not even taking Spanish. Mm, okay. So okay. they're going after him for the Spanish teacher. I, I think they were introducing one character, then two characters, and then they just introduced a whole slew of people that are totally unrelated to the situation. Got it. I think it's okay. just a gag without without our characters. I didn't think it was Screech because it doesn't fit into um, his characterization at all. I just thought it was some random dude. But it does make more sense if it's Screech because why have this be a random dude in your comic? That doesn't make any sense. I do have to confess, I did wonder why he was wearing the Charlie Brown top. Honestly, it didn't confuse me, and I didn't spend too much time on it. I just didn't think it was Screech. But now that you've pointed that out, it's like, well, it doesn't make sense that it's not yeah, Screech. Yeah, I have no idea who that is, but it, it, it because the likenesses are not, you know, super excellent, like, there was that moment where I was like, is that is that supposed to be Screech? Is that supposed to be Slater? Like, what who is that like so i but i don't know i I don't know if you even noticed that or or if that was anything that occurred to you no it it did because i was trying to figure it's just like you say i'm trying to figure out who this person is there's a definite vibe on screech when they draw him that his that his head is very sort of elongated with this pointy chin he almost looks like the joker and it would make sense for that to be screech that he's smart enough that these girls are sort of like want him to help them but it definitely doesn't bear the same likeness as screech throughout the earlier parts of the book yeah i don't know if this is some random guy and you think that like the punchline would have been like zach saying like three girls chasing screech like that would have been a good joke right but instead it's just exclamation point yeah. So you're sort of like left with I don't even know what the heck's going on. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Is that supposed to be Screech? See that that's 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 what we're wondering. Like, you know he's not Zach and you know he's not Slater. I mean, for all we know, he could have been one of the the random day players, you know, that was on the T V series or something yeah. like that. But, you know, I, I suppose the joke would be if it was Screech, like then Zach knows the apocalypse is really coming because there's three pretty girls chasing after Screech. Maybe Zach's plan wasn't a great idea because instead of cute girls chasing after him, they're chasing after Screech. Yeah, that that was what I kind of got from that. And he's running from three girls kind of going, help, and they're, they're all like, tutor us, or whatever. And like, I was kind of like, I was like, wait, well, that's not Slater, and that's not, that's not Screech. Like, so I was kind of like, maybe it's just some random guy that's being accosted by three girls. I don't know who that is. Like, is I, it I, supposed to be Screech? 
I yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm not a hundred percent convinced of Screech, and I think that speaks to what you're saying, like that the art is not quite up to snuff. Where you're a little confused, you know, you're reading a a black and white Judge Dredd comic, and you see a random judge <laughs> get shot, and you're like, wait a minute, was that Judge Dredd? And you're like, no, 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 that wasn't Judge Dredd. The other thing, if if this had been an episode and they didn't want to use Screech, they would have they had like this rotating cast of jocks and nerds kind of in the supporting characters like you know guys like named like moose and ox and then they have these like various stereo not even yeah these stereotypical nerd characters like you know who because apparently all nerds are lewis skullnick um (laughs) you know yeah they they basically you know had all those characters if this were an episode if they weren't using screech for that scene they would have probably just used one of those you know random nerds that we'd seen here and there you know background nerds and and we as the audience would have been like oh i get the joke they're right. writing after that right. right yeah i think that as i grew older it became a smaller niche because i can remember that when the college years were on i would be like dude we have to be home tonight stay by the bell <laughs> the college years are on and even my even like my close friends were like what are you talking about? Come on, dude. And I'd be like, I can't miss this show. How do I know what happens to them in college? There is this sort of like, I think if you're in, you're all in. I'm curious. Like for me, like even even though I, I, I like I said, I, I sort of vicariously lived through some of the characters, whether it was, you know, Brandon Walsh or Zach Morris or something like that. So for me, getting to see Zach and Kelly eventually get married and they did the wedding in Vegas. Like to me, that was a fun thing, but were you still kind of on the track of like, why is she marrying this goober? Like, or, or did you, did you eventually sort of see that as like a, a button on a, like a happy ending for, for the two crazy kids getting hitched by that point? No, I think definitely a happy ending. I think at that point I was kind of like, you know, I had had girlfriends and I think that sort of, I don't want to say resentment. That's a strong word, but I think that sort of like, boy, I'm never going to get with somebody like that had sort of like passed because oh, certainly okay. by then I had dated a bunch of people. And then it's like, okay, you know, it's almost like these are two beloved characters that we've always thought like maybe we're meant to be together that are actually going to be together. So I think that at that point it was like, this is the right coda for this, for this storyline of Saved by the Bell for these two crazy kids to get together. I mean, I think, I think the first story, uh, you know, I, I get what you're saying. It's not quite in line with some things that you've seen on Saved by the Bell. But I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, I was thinking about it in terms of, well, it is set, you know, Bayside High, you know, Indiana aside, Good Morning Miss Bliss aside, it is set in California. So it'd be difficult to to do the Winter Wonderland party that Zach suggests without all these kind of indoor hijinks and, and, and phony, you know, snow, snowdrop backdrops and, 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 fake snow and all that kind of stuff. So to me, I mean, it seemed like it sort of fit. I mean, I guess I see what you're saying. Cause it seems like everybody's like super eager to help Zach per se. And, and maybe that's not quite, you know, like he, there, there mm-hmm. might've had to have been a little more quid pro quo, you know, for like to get Slater involved and maybe even to get screech involved. And like, why would, yeah. why would Lisa and, and Jesse do it unless it was like, you know, uh, you know, who knows, you know, like you said, you know, Zach Morris is trash. Like maybe he's got something on you know, like Lisa. I'm going to tell your dad about your credit card bill. If you don't help me with this party or whatever. And she's like, Oh, okay, great. Jesse, come on, we're doing it. And then you're like, okay, well that makes sense. Like there'd be, there'd be a little more kind of, you know, tit for tat going on to, to get all this yeah. stuff done. So they seem a little more, I, I see what you're saying. They seem a little more kind of Riverdale, you know, sweetness, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, let's all 
join together and, and help this help this guy out. So the, the whole thing, they set up this huge party and she shows up and, you know, he didn't even bother to figure out whether or not he was right. It was because she, she had a poodle named Bunky, but he didn't know it was a poodle. And so he dressed up as like, you know, this grandma wig or whatever. <laughs> Because this is my old pal Bunky, and she's like, I'm from Madison County, Florida. So it's just it's this whole like he completely falls on his face, and then and then as she walks out, she's like, You can forget our date now that you can't remember what I'm what state I'm from. He's like, Wait, and he trips over the snow machine that Screech happened to have, and it sputters and explodes, and and then he says, You know what is what is in this this snow? And he's like, Well, it's it's soap, and that's where like the the smoke from the machines sets off the sprinklers and everything basically becomes to be water and there's like crash boom and then a pun on the fact that max runs a clean place and then finally kelly comes around and is all like you know no zach it was really sweet of you to go to all that trouble you really must care and but then zach gets a bucket of water poured on his head but yeah so it's very very like it wants to be archie i guess zach probably doesn't learn his lesson though a lot of the yeah. times i mean the lesson would be you know don't you know he he promises like i'll never look at another girl again that's what got him into trouble in the first place but then when another cute blonde shows up on the scene he immediately <laughs> turns his head right so that yeah that, exactly. that's what gets the bucket of water dropped on him and it's kind of like that whole i don't know it, it's the thing that dro- drove me crazy about ultimate spider-man cartoon you know i thought it was like the the add spider-man it's like they lose captain america shield at the beginning of the episode and at the end of the episode captain america shield is flung outside the window again and i'm kind of like this is the kid that learned with great power comes great responsibility it doesn't doesn't really add up to me it doesn't really make sense right like so and this is the same thing it's like dude you it's like you've got a second chance with like the prettiest girl in school like you know don't f it up you know but of course yeah i know you know he does right so so it's like that that I don't know. That seems kind of Zach Morrissey to me. Like that, that, that Zach would f that up. You know, like that, that it would be one of those things. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't go for some sort of like Zach and Slater competing with one another mm. over mm. something. For at least, I mean, maybe they did in a future issue. I'm not exactly, you know, I don't know if I'm going to scout the whole run. But I know that was like for a while. That was sort of a a running thing. Even to the point where there's this one episode where. Oh, this girl trans it's not Tori, but some other girl trans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They both have the hot spirit, and they have this like fight in the max at like a dance or whatever. And the uh, the funniest bit about it was the fact that Belding was wearing this awful toupee, and the toupee ends up in the touch bowl. <laughs> hey Zach, Joe. Last night at the movies, you went too far. Just helped a mother get together with her son. What's so wrong about that? Wrecking my date with Joanna wasn't funny. Oh, like it was funny wrecking my study date the night before? Hey, you started it, man, making me look like a jerk at the max. Well, that's what you are. What did you say? You heard me. Get out of my face. And what if I don't, punk? Then I'll just have to make you, punk. There was one of those things like they they really went to blows in that episode too, right? Yeah, like, like didn't like didn't one of them fight. 
didn't one of them have like a black eye in the next scene or yeah. something? I, I I feel like that was that was more like I don't know that that seemed a little more intense than than Saved by the Bell traditionally got. Like that they actually came to blows over this girl because it was like like you're saying it was this era where they were just a little bit older. So it wasn't like it wasn't like a little kid fight where they're kind of just you know I don't know baby slapping each other or something like that or. or, or people getting slammed in lockers or whatever they used to do, the kind of wacky hijinks. Like that was actually yeah. one of those things where people would scream and shirts would get ripped and people would be punching each other. And you're like, Oh, this is, this is a little more heavier than it normally was before. I wonder if they, I don't know what the demographics for the show were, but I wonder is that the show went on that they were trying to pull the slightly older audience. Because if you know that Saved by the Bell kind of, at least for NBC, kind of is the beginning of the end of the Saturday morning cartoon block. Because uh, a few years into the run, they started producing what became TNBC, uh, something I did. I, I watched like, I admit that I watched like California Dreams for like a season or two. And that was another one that got rerun like crazy on PIX. There were a couple other shows, but like for a while at the, by the, by the time you hit the late nineties, there aren't really any, there might be like one or two cartoons very early in the morning, but there's this whole block of teen shows that you see kind of replicated now on stuff like the Disney channel and Nick and Nick and stuff like that, where these live action shows meant for like and teens and stuff. I know they had been doing already, but I think saved by the bell, unfortunately saved by the bell's legacy is, is farther reaching than any of us care to actually admit yeah, so Saved by the Bell kind of has its own little legacy here, even though that show is like what the show's thirty years old. And and the color palette of this is the other thing about this is like you know the what I find interesting is how like weirdly subdued some of the coloring is. It's like or at least of the backgrounds because the way that Saved by the Bell was designed was to look like a live action cartoon mm. because they they like you know they they dress them up like teenagers would have looked but like you know sets like the max and some of the classroom sets and everything the colors are really really bright and vibrant because you're coming from the cartoon block into this live action show so it's not going to look like cheers or seinfeld or the cosby show or something it's not going to look you know the the, the setting is going to seem like a high school but it's going to be kind of like you know neon high school you know to illustrate that i mean it saved by the bell has a different color palette than say fame right like yeah like, but yeah. i mean ostensibly it's like it's still young people in a school environment right but but that color palette's going to be totally different so you know and yeah. and, and, th and that that's a accepted i don't know truism of of that genre right like i mean that that carries over into all those shows you mentioned like mm -hmm. california dreams right it's it's, yeah. it's this kind of dressed up set that you know it purports to be on the beach you know but but it's just a sound stage or, or what yeah. have you right they, these could be animated characters at least in its first couple of seasons and because they did kind of lean into the kiddiness of it oh yeah yeah i mean you 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 had like i mean a lot of those early episodes i mean like it any anybody you know it's kind of like i i always used to think aunt may was blind on spider-man and his friends because i was like how could you not see this guy like walking around you know even if he was ball crawling i mean he's I'm like he's right there like how do you not see this guy and it's the same thing like zach and screech like under jesse's bed like how 
How do you yeah. not know there's two dudes on you? I mean, come on. You know, it's like know. it's like there's a lot of suspension of disbelief. You know, there's a lot of you know screeches building robots and and, and yeah, there's yeah, all that kind of kind of kind of wacky stuff going on. So like, yeah, there. I mean, it wasn't. You know, I mean, as opposed to you get into like the very special episodes, it's like there's you know what what was it like the drunk driving episode or whatever oh, God, like that. Yeah. That's that's totally counter to to a lot of the first season episodes where it's all kind of fun yeah. and hijinks and, and it, there's no, there's no heavy consequence to it. Whereas, you know, in the other one, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, they can all go to this toga party and start passing around beers and it's all fun and games until somebody like wrecks. What was it? Like Lisa's car or something. Yeah, it was like her parents' car or something. And then there was the, around the same time there was the, what was the actor's name? Johnny Dakota, I think it was the you know the, he came to oh. shoot an anti-drug ad, and <laughs> Kelly Kelly goes to a party and they're passing around a joint, which like you know first of all they wouldn't have passing around a joint. There would have been a a, a tray. A razor blade, a dollar bill, and four or five lines of coke. I mean, let's be completely honest here. Um, you know, he would have been wanting to do, you know, but I, I guess there's only so much you can show. Like you, you can you can show a joint in a way that you know it, you know that that it it can look kind of like you know a cigarette or whatever. Like you know, and and with coke, I guess I don't know, it was too much for for saturday morning television those are very like 80s prime time sitcom special episode things like you saw those those on like you know blossom and the fresh prince of bel-air and mm. even earlier like different shows and the facts of life and those shows which were all nbc shows would family ties would do episodes like that you know so they were just pulling from they were basically pulling from the well they'd gone to for that network and now that the characters are old enough for it to be believable that they would be stupid enough to drive drunk and, and crash the car or that you know it, it's not unrealistic that this really good looking actor shows up to shoot some sort of you know like you kids get to be in this commercial and like you know with me they're all photogenic right and the one he the one he picks to kind of schmooze and romance is kelly who's you know legitimately gorgeous so it's not it's not like you know they picked you know screech or somebody or like you know why is this ugly why is why is this actor hitting on this ugly girl or whatever no he's like he's he's this you know the 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 idea of the older actor kind of like being a sleazeball who hits on the underage girl and who's who's a very attractive it 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 worked but it's something that like I totally could have seen on another show on NBC around the same time too because I think they finally had them old enough where they could do things like that and they didn't have to be like silly pills you mean you really are taking drugs I need them Jesse give me those I need them back I have to sing Jesse you can't sing tonight yes I can. Of course, the very special episode I, I I haven't mentioned yet is the greatest episode of television in the history of television, which is where the only episode anybody ever remembers of Saved by the Bell, where Jesse gets hooked on caffeine pills. <laughs> Again, like if just because Zach's got some singing group because he's exploiting these girls again. I believe they were called the Hot Sundays. Yes. That was the, the name of them. And it was this weird aerobics video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
like it was just like it was so bad it was like they shot it it was i couldn't tell if it was the music video or an exercise video. she's also sweating her midterms so she gets hooked on the pills and she keeps taking them and keeps taking them and crashes basically and then you of course have the moment where like you know she's late for the performance and zach because zach's her next door neighbor you know, so, and that was set up really early. So he just kind of comes over and he goes to see her, and she's passed out in her bed because you know she came down from whatever speed she was taking, and that's where you get like she, he's like pills, you know, because Slater had you know given her crap about it, and he's like, you know, you, you, he's like, you're obviously sick you can't sing tonight and she's like no i can i'm so excited i'm so excited and she's like i'm so scared and has that breakdown it's just it's it's so ridiculous that it's just like it's gone beyond like bad you know it's almost camp and i know they weren't i know they weren't going for camp but it's almost camp as how bad that episode is I don't think it was all received that way at the time in the middle of it. But I, I think I think it's one of those things in hindsight where, where people look at it and kind of go, caffeine pills and what and really? And, and then it became this. I mean, the, the reason why everybody remembers it is because it turned into like an Internet meme, basically. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. So, so it's 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 that frequent display of it without the given context, you know, like yeah. or, or, or even accepting, you know, like like what you're saying. I mean, you could you could make. A meme out of the 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 colorful nature of the sets too but but if you had the context to realize hey this was after saturday morning cartoons and it was trying to make an easy transition between those and this teen comedy which at some points became teen drama you know then then you're you you're following the the trail from you know a to z instead of just poking fun at like oh look at that letter l it looks all weird and oh it's so funny you know it's like well you didn't you didn't you know you didn't go through all the other letters right like you you weren't there for the whole ride so you're you're kind of poking fun at it or whatever but i mean i get it like some of those are funny and and i think i think the reason why that stuck with everybody is because you you probably did like like you're saying like Jesse was one of your favorite characters and you kind of could relate to it being an overburdened student and all that kind of stuff so i i think you know probably within that context too you you probably were willing to spend your disbelief a little bit more at the time and and see sort of what she was going through and 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 it didn't matter that there were caffeine pills i mean you could have you could have inserted whatever you needed to into your headcanon for it to work right like Mm -hmm. and 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 make make that leap right whereas now people don't have any fucking imagination so they they, it's like it's it's ridiculous to them because they're like oh you're not gonna get hooked on caffeine pills what are you talking about this is this is crazy but at the time like you said they couldn't show certain things on tv so they're not going to show you you know i don't know methamphetamines or you know whatever whatever would really be getting her hooked yeah well and 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 it was season two episodes so it's like early in the run so they still i think maybe later in the run they might may, may they might have toned down the whole musical group thing and had something else, you know, that was a little more realistic. Because not that they were going for like really realistic scenarios later on in this in the seasons, they they were still doing stupid things. They were still kind of towing that line of like you know these kind of crazy Ferris Bueller esque things that Zach used to do, and he dragged his friends into it and everything. Yeah, you could only get away with so much, so caffeine pills were like, were that. Now I have to ask you a question. Absolutely. Did you see Showgirls in the theater? 
I did. I did see Showgirls in the theater. <laughs> I remember because I'm pretty sure by that point I was going to Loyola Marymount. And and so I, you know, basically I had my own car when I was out there. I'm pretty sure at that point, though, like I, it was it was very early in, in going there. So there were a few movies that I have distinct memories of going to see by myself and like showgirls and mall rats, I think were two of those. Cause I think, I think I was like super like, Oh yeah, these are going to be awesome or whatever. But I think at the time, like it was, it was right at the cusp of like, you know, I I'm pretty sure it was like September, October. So it's like, you know, I knew some people vaguely, but not enough to be like, Hey, let's all go to the movies together type thing. So I, at that point, I think it was me kind of learning to, I mean, I, I know this feels like a weird thing to say, but, like, I, I was so used to going to the movies with either friends or family. Like, I don't think I had ever gone to the movies by myself, and that was the first time I had ever done anything like that. And that was for Mallrats, I think, was the very, very first time, because I didn't know where there were any theaters in Los Angeles at that point, because I had just moved out there. So I think I drove all the way to Century City, where they filmed, like, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, <laughs> thinking that was the closest theater, which I was like... I was way off obviously because i but but anyway i went to century city and watched ball rats by myself but then i think by by the point of showgirls i had realized oh wait i can just go down to marina del rey and there's two theaters that are really close by and i remember going to one of the theaters out there and like i think i'm trying to remember but i i think they might have carded me i don't i don't really remember because i think at the time it wasn't it wasn't like it was x but it was like r or something i don't know i don't i don't even remember but it, it was something else didn't they invent a rating for that like i can't even remember uh, I, now was it was that nc17 is that what that I was uh, i don't know i don't i can't imagine it was nc17 but it may have been the one that prompted nc17 maybe uh, maybe i yeah i feel like i yeah i'm trying to remember but i feel like it was something like that i'm I, I thought we were going to talk about showgirls. Oh yeah, yeah. We, 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 you know, yeah, sure. We could talk about showgirls. I thought we talked about showgirls. I'm like, I, I feel like I, I know Ange brought up showgirls, and I remember you brought up showgirls too. Like, I mean, well, I mean, that that seems to be the best the best spinoff of Saved by the Bell that there was. was showgirls. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the show, show, showgirls, I think, beat them all. So. No, and, and the thing too about photo covers back in the day because i remember particularly the buffy ones because my my wife was a a big buffy nut so i would get her make sure she had all the comics and all the novels and everything and the photos that were on the photo cover because every issue would pretty much have a drawn cover and a photo cover i'm saying with you as you i think when you have a nice piece of art you go for the nice piece of art yeah but the photo covers were always stock Mm. You know, they were always just here is something we've got in the file that we use for this product. That's exactly what the cover is for this issue. It's just a stock photo, a stock cast photo and a bland studio background. You get a sampling in the masthead of what it's going to look like. And for some reason, they've got Jesse as kind of being the center of the universe. Although she seems to be dressed like she's going to be in Showgirls in a couple of years. <laughs> Because she doesn't seem to have anything on. Well, then, then here's a question: if you're if you're going to look at the the floating heads in the, the upper left hand corner, like, yeah. it, is that Zach wearing cool sunglasses? Like, what? Who is that? Like, <laughs> I, yeah, like, I think that's Zach, but okay, I don't know why. Okay, glasses. yeah, yeah, because 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 Kelly looks nothing like yeah, Kelly, and yeah, and then Jesse's just she just like looms above everything, <laughs> and she seems to be naked. 
I mean, because because I think I think other folks have brought it up. I might as well ask since since you mentioned it. So since since you were following say by the bell for the girls, right? That's self-professed. Yeah. Like so so then 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 were you camped out to see showgirls? Like how did that occur for you? <laughs> you know, I had to make a choice at that point and and when it came out, I I was like, you know, this is what we've been looking for for a while. And I actually never I never saw it. Oh, okay. And it was just one of those things where it was it was because I kept reading the reviews and I kept going, do I want to sit through two hours of this mm. in order to get to the few seconds of that? And the answer kept being no. I, I mean, so, I suppose, I suppose if I knew what I was getting into, maybe I wouldn't have gone either. But like, I, I, I think I was still in that, Oh, this is somebody from saved by the bell. And then, yeah. and then, and then there was that weird thing of like, I think that was like, one of the first NC 17 or whatever it was yeah, like, I'm, yeah, I'm trying was. to remember. Cause I was like, at that point I was in college and it didn't matter. I could, you know, just walk in with my own money and ID or whatever that, but I, I don't really remember them. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember there being like a huge deal about it. I just remember. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There was. You know, oh yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, I don't mean like in terms of like uproar, but I mean, just oh, okay. the day I went to the theater, like I, I don't remember anybody like, you know, patting me down or like being yeah, like, are no, you, no. are you sure you're, you know, are you sure you're of age to watch this? Like, I don't, I don't think, I think it was just like, they took my money and I, I walked in and I was just kind of like, all right, well, here we are. Like that we're going to, we're going to watch Showgirls. <laughs> like, and that was, that was the end of that, you know, I was kind of like, you know, and I, I think the other, the other attraction for me, I think was that I, that I kind of hung on to in that movie was I was always, I was always a Paul Atreides fan and they had Kyle McLaughlin in it. So I was like, I was going back to that well where I think, you know, I, I, I sort of sneak Paul Atreides in with like, you know, Luke Skywalker and, and uh-huh. Mike Donovan or whoever my, my, my childhood heroes were like, it kind of, kind of stuck into that. So Mike Donovan, nice. There, there was some aspect of Paul Atreides, you know, banging Jesse Spano or whatever that was like, oh, okay, you know. He's like, he is the Kwisatz Haderach, you know. Like, I was like, okay, okay, yeah. I love it. <laughs> so you went from Showgirls to Twin Peaks. That's a good right, little right, segue right. there. I probably would have watched it because I'm always fascinated with, I know that there's a term for it, but this term in Hollywood where they, where two different studios come out with the same, the same movie around the uh, same time. Okay. I think Showgirls the same time as that Demi Moore oh, movie. Oh, Striptease. Um, striptease. Didn't Showgirls and Striptease come out around the same possibly? time? Possibly. Like so. it, it seems like it seems like then. I I, I don't know how you quantify that because I'm like I'm like to me deep in like the the more dramatic uh, a, a little you know smarter version of an asteroid impacting the planet, whereas like the Michael Bay Armageddon was like the you know crazy you know wild but fun version of that like romance and goofy ass stuff right. and explosions and all that kind of stuff so it was like the less heady version of that concept right like so i'm like thinking to myself i'm like to- i'm like which is which is 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 striptease the michael bay version or is showgirls the michael bay version <laughs> like like what you know yeah but, yeah yeah which one's the yeah which one's the thinking stripper. man stripper movie <laughs> like yes yes exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> Maybe I'll need to watch both of them again to, see, to make sure. Uh, uh, oh, that's good. The Thinking Man Stripper Man. There you go. That's a tagline right yep, there. Yep. I'm looking it up here. It was 1995. 
when it came out. And that's the year I got married. And I don't know that, you know, that's the year that I, you know, spend that time engaged. I don't know that I could have gone to my wife <laughs> or time my fiance and gone, hey, <sighs> you know, uh, Jesse from Saved by the Bell seems to maybe be naked in this movie. Would you, <laughs> you mind go our going, perhaps? Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, that's, that's probably part of what kept me away from the madness as well. <laughs> Cuz I just there's not a, there's not a good way to broach that. And now I can just do it. I can just be like, "Hey, uh so and so's naked in this. I'm going to watch it. Is that cool?" And she's like, "Yeah, whatever. Just I don't need to see it." <laughs> okay. But she's she now now she's like, "Isn't there a repository called the internet for those yeah, things?" Yeah. Come on. <laughs> now it's it goes down a lot better than it would have then so that's yeah, yeah I can't yeah but they, yeah that's probably a big reason why i never saw that movie but I, but it was on my radar believe me it was on my radar this is like this is going to be reviewed as the dirty old men show I, I remember going in to watch it and i i don't exactly know what i expected but you know i guess now it lives in infamy right like that's that's how that rolls right yeah i can tell you that i worked in a movie theater from my sophomore year of high school all the way through college it was just a nice simple job for me to make some money on the side and plus i got to see all the free movies that i wanted and this was back when movies were film and they had to put the reels together so to make sure they put the reels together in the correct order they would show movies that were coming out on friday Thursday nights at midnight, and then they would have employees watch them to make sure that mm. like, they were put together correctly and all of that. And so when Showgirls was coming out, I told all of my friends, like, look, I can bring like three people in, but I'm bringing all of you guys in, Showgirls at midnight. And they're like, <laughs> dude, you are crazy. And I'm like, no way, man, Jesse Spano and Showgirls, we are going. And I think a couple of my, a couple of my buddies went with me. And then we walked in, we were like, that was the worst movie. <laughs> Of course, you're like, you know, uh, and of course, like, you know, there's, I'm always going to think of Elizabeth Berkeley as Jesse. And so I was like, what the hell happened to Jesse? How did she end up in that area? So they were all laughing at me, but definitely worth it seeing, you know, just to sort of follow up again, like, you know, you, you know, I grew up with these kids. And so yeah, you just, yeah. you followed their careers as much as you could. If if it hadn't have been Elizabeth Berkeley and Showgirls, I don't I don't think there would have been very much reason for. I mean, maybe the the only the only thing I could think of is may, maybe my nostalgia for for Paul Atreides, you know, Kyle MacLachlan and Doom, yeah. like maybe. But but I think by that point, I mean, you know, Twin Peaks and all that stuff had come and gone. So I mean, I I you know, I I don't know that that would have been that strong. But I mean, I I think the the motivating factor for for going to watch that was was Elizabeth Berkeley. So yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing more to it than that. And that that was I don't know that was just you know so, something you you know you ended up doing just because of the the like you said you 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 felt like you sort of grew up with or lived with those those kids right like because they yeah. were they were part of your life all the time that was one of the selling points of say by the bell they give belding way more hair than he actually has in this <laughs> couple of these panels i just i find it interesting because you said they did they did do six issues yeah yeah you said you never back in the day got more than the first issue did you go back and complete the series no at this point with the first issue, it was, it was definitely a quick stop purchase. And then, uh -huh. and then by that, that point, I'm guessing I, I may or may not have, because this was 92. So I, I probably would have known about comic stores by then, 
but but again like as far as you know sometimes it's like how often you could get to a store versus how you how often you could get to a quick stop and stuff like that so that's oh, sure. that, that's probably the reason why that was picked up off of spinner rack but then i as far as like trying to seek it out in like back issue bins or 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 even you know cuz i kind of feel like this would have been put you know with like maybe the star comics or the the Disney yes. comics or, you know, like something where, and I, I feel like whenever I went into comic specialty shops, like that's probably the, like the last section I would be looking in. If, if the Saved by the Bell was in any kind of section in the specialty shop, if it was in that sort of, you know, oh, this is for the kids section or whatever. I think at the time when I was, you know, what, 13, 12 or whatever, when this came out, uh-huh. like I probably wouldn't have had anything to do with it other than, you know, I, I like to say by the bell and I probably was attracted to the photo cover on the newsstand. But I think I, I think once I read this first issue, I don't think there was any way you were gonna get me to spend like a buck on, you know, or whatever. What was this? One twenty five. Like like yeah. I don't I don't I don't think you're gonna get me to spend one twenty five on the other ones. It was it was more like you, you, you sort of you, you you hoodwinked me with the cover and then I looked at the, you know, I read the insides and then I thought, okay, that, you know, that's enough of that. <laughs> I will tell you, I'm looking at the sales chart for 1992 and it's not one of the top 300 books that year. <laughs> so that's, so, that's very telling. Well, it only lasted, yeah. like I said, I think there were only, well, here, well, it, it looks six like issues, but it was bi-monthly according yeah. to the Indicia. Yeah. So it made it a year somehow. But apparently it didn't move well, and and with the art in there, I don't understand why. <laughs> you're you're too kind. You're too <laughs> too kind. I'm just looking at the last page of the second story here, where they having a party at the Max because Zach scammed everybody, and so he they all stuck it to Belding. I, I guess that, again that, that that actually does work as a as a show episode. But I you know I was reading this and I was like, good God. <laughs> How this lasted beyond this issue, I don't know. But like for our particular generation, when you say Zach Morris cell phone, there's a particular image that comes to mind of those brick mm. cell phones from the early 90s. And I actually own and I, I will tell you, I paid like five dollars for because it, it was a clearance bin at, at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> but I have the pop figure for Zach Morris. It was, it was, I, I literally got it on clearance at Barnes and Noble and he's holding the cell phone in the pop figure it's sitting on the cabinet in my classroom so some of my students get it and some of them don't they're like some of them are like what is he holding as he's holding a he is holding a early 90s cell phone they're like what is the show and, and some of the kids have seen it and they're like the show is just the ridiculous i'm like yes it is <laughs> by the way um i found the tweets Oh, okay. We talking. Okay. Um, they were from July of this past year, so I don't know why I thought they were years ago. I guess it's just tw- in Twitter time, right? <laughs> there were two tweets, and then David A. Gutierrez chimed in, which I thought was awesome. I actually had it slightly wrong. Zach Morris was Robin. A.C. Slater was Sky was Cyborg. Okay. Screech was Changeling. Jesse Sky was Raven. Lisa was Starfire. Kelly was Wonder Girl. So I don't think okay. I was shipping them. I said, I need a kid flash, maybe Mikey from Good Morning, Miss Bliss. And then I had another tweet to round it out. Mr. Belding e- equals Steve Dayton. <laughs> Violet, who was Screech's girlfriend for a handful of episodes oh, yeah, 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 played yeah. by Tori Spelling, was Tara. 
Tara, perfect, perfect. Tori was Danny Chase. <laughs> and I said that Jeff, who was the guy who broke up Kelly and Zach, and those like four or five episodes early one season, she was like working at the Max and like, you know, they started dating. Apparently, like that actor like used to get like accosted by fans about the fact that he broke up this, this couple. I said that that was Terry Long and then Stacy Carosi, who was Leah Remini's character on the summer when they did that whole Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Because because that that was that was clearly where they were chasing nine hundred two and zero. Because nine hundred two and zero started getting popular really toward the middle to the end of its first season, and it got mega popular. It was hitting mega popularity toward the end of its first season. And they decided, you know what? Let's film a whole summer slew of summer episodes where they like Brandon was working at like the beach club and yeah, know, et cetera. Yeah, and it that that just like it was probably one of the best decisions that show ever did. Because it just was like, you know, they knew they had something and then the, the popularity didn't start to wane until maybe about like, you know, halfway through the run. But Saved by the Bell looked at them. We're like, OK, we can do that. So they had like them working at the Malibu Sands Beach Club. Mr. Carosi, who was played by Ernie Sabella, otherwise known as Pumbaa, who I also rep- remember from this episode of Seinfeld, where they're all taking the subway. And he's like, for I don't remember why he ended up naked, but he's basically sitting on the subway naked and talking to Jerry about the Mets. But Stacy Carosi was Lee Remedies. I said that was Barbara Gordon. Ah. And I only said that just to get on Stella's nerves, even though she probably wouldn't know the reference. David, David Escudiero said Speedy is obviously a guy who did pot and dated Kelly. So Johnny <laughs> the, the celebrity. He said Jeff is Kid Flash, and he said, "Dude, Terry Long is Professor Lasky," which is a deep cut because that's the mm. guy who was that was the professor that I was dating on the college years before. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so. So between me and David Ace Gutierrez, you have the whole like which of the team, which of the Wolfman Perez Titans are cast members from Saved by the Bell. Wow, nice, nice. That's yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to get into. That's that's that that I remember that I remember that tweet it was fucking awesome. So and it, it's still awesome. I mean, it was like I was, I yeah, I was definitely like head over heels for. For Tiffany Amber Thiessen, for sure, like like that was no doubt, you know, like like circa, you know, nine oh two and oh and 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 even before with with Saved by the Bell. So definitely, you and I are are secret brothers when it comes to <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Amazing. Okay, so then just to to you know, wrap things up, I guess, and give you an opportunity to tell folks where you are out there on the interwebs. Again, thanks for thanks for agreeing to do this. I appreciate yeah. it. And where can people find you out there on the interwebs, Stella? Yeah, it's certainly not every day, literally, that you get asked to talk about Saved by the Bell. It's probably the one and only time that'll ever happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for Woo! having me on so I could talk about this. It's made me think about some of those episodes and i wish i could watch some of them yeah. you can find me my own personal podcast which is going into its 10th season <laughs> do we do that and 200th episode is back the oracle the barbara gordon podcast which you can find on the batman universe and follow me on twitter at Backroll the Oracle. And then I do a literature podcast with my good friend Tom Penneries over at the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which is called Required Reading with Tom and Stahl, which is a monthly podcast. So those are my two podcasts that you can find me on. Thanks. Thank you. Is there anywhere you want to direct people towards? Like, is there anything you'd like to pimp, promote, and or propagate? Like where 
where people can find you on the, on the interwebs? Oh, oh no. Uh, if a lot of times when people find me, they wish they hadn't. So I wouldn't <laughs> even worry. <laughs> awesome. Well, I will. I will now give you the opportunity. I've given so many others. Do you have anything to pimp? propagate and or promote can you tell our listeners where they might find your future endeavors on the interweb sure past and futures because one of my endeavors is is as recently passed i'm i've got a few podcasts over on the two true freaks network which is at two truefreaks.com my main one is called pop culture affidavit it is everything random in the world of popular culture you can also find a website for that at popcultureaffidavit.com and i cover movies and music and comics and stuff like that i just finished a so- series called In Country. It was about the Marvel Comics series, The Nom. As of this recording, it literally was about a week ago, I think, when I released the final episode because I hit the end of the run. So you can still find that over at, over at Two True Freaks. And then Stella of Batgirl, the Oracle fame, and I have a podcast called Required Reading with Tom and Stella. That's a literature-based podcast. It's basically a book club. We we take a look at a book every every month. But over at Pop, uh, Pop Culture Affidavit, I have a series coming out starting in November. It's going to run quarterly for the next two years. It's called Fallen Walls, Open Curtains. I'm taking a look at the history behind the final kind of last gasp of the Soviet Union in the Eastern Bloc, starting with the fall of the Berlin Wall in 89 and ending with the dissolution of the Soviet Union in the end of 91. And along the way, I'm going back and I'm looking at like classic and not so classic pop culture that that kind of embodies or encapsulates the Cold War. So I'm looking to do like, you know, Oh, I'll probably look at some James Bond stuff and some mid eighties, like, you know, Reagan era stuff, like, you know, like Red Dawn and Rocky four and that sort of stuff, maybe the day after tomorrow, but then early, like early communists, like crazy commie paranoia, comic books and Captain America commie smasher and stuff. So kind of mixing those two together, doing that. And that the first episode of that dropped November 9th of 2019, and it's going to go all the way to the end of the year. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at popaff. That's P-O-P-A-F-F. I'm not trying to influence how that mega series goes, but when I listened to the trailer, my first thought was, when is the Luke Giaconetti guest spot where you guys talk about Godzilla 1984 and the Japanese return of Godzilla <laughs> and compare and contrast the, the differences between the uh, Russian sub-commander at length. I have I have to get in touch with Luke. I do plan on having him on an episode. I would love to do some of those nutjob comics with him because he he pointed me in the direction of a few of them. So I think I think I might have him. And Luke's always good for like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Cool. Thanks, Tom. No Thanks for coming on and everything. This was awesome. Yeah, this is great. So so before we, we wrap up, I just want to give you the opportunity, Dr. Ange, to let everybody who's listening know where they can find you out there on the interwebs. Well, I run a Supergirl-specific blog called Comic Box Commentary, where I review all things Supergirl, Superman, Legion, and I'm very proud of that site. But from like a day-to-day, moment-to-moment point of view, I'm most active on Twitter, at Dr. Ange 70. And then you'll get to hear all of my rants about comic books, movies, jack-o'-lantern carving, and how tired I am from my job. Awesome. Thanks, man. This is this is great. Well, I can't thank you enough for inviting me because I'll tell you that even amongst my circle of friends, they're like, dude, what are you doing when it comes to Saved by the Bell? Because I still will eventually talk about them, you know, when the conversation comes around, when it's appropriate. And they're like, you're crazy. That's why I thought it was funny because it was like, I know, I think you and I did that Boston chat thread we're, we're doing the Saved by the Bell stuff. Where can people find you out there on the interwebs and, and do you have anything to 
you know, pin promote, propagate, you know, that you'd like the listeners to know, you know, what you're up to. And... I, I do well, too much stuff. I don't know where I find the time. Uh, Palace of Glittering Delights is me just waffling on about anything pop culture-y. And that's on 2TrueFreaks.com. It doesn't have a regular release schedule, but I try to get a couple of episodes out a month. So it's not weekly. There's the Fantasticast where we're going through every single episode of episode, every single issue of the Fantastic Four. We're rapidly approaching John Byrne, which I do with Stephen Lacer. Listen to the Prophets. We're watching Deep Space Nine, which I do with Bill Robinson, Paul Spasaro, and, and Dave Pascarella. That's rapidly approaching season seven. So that's nearly wrapping up. And with Michael Bailey, we do the Overlooked Dark Knight, where we read Batman stories that we think are cool but don't get the love that they should necessarily get. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. Let me give you the opportunity. Where can people find you out there on the interwebs? If you just want to deal with straight, raw, pure, unvarnished me, who apparently watches shows just because young ladies are on it, <laughs> that would be at Rifen on the Twitter. And, of course, I've got my Star Wars story, the podcast that has, uh, has slowed to a crawl but does still exist. And that is just at my Star Wars story. And then if you, if you want the bare-knuckled, hard-hitting, brawling, political issues of the day podcast, that is available on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Scott Rifen and you'll find it. And if you want to know how to spell Rifen, that's what Google's for. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, you know. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for inviting me. This has been fun. Friends forever. It's a nice idea.
This be some spread. Gambit not gonna be playing solitaire tonight. Gambit, what are you doing over here? Talking to yourself in the third person. And what's all this food? Oh, Professor, Gambit have plans tonight. Once Cher shows up, Gambit gonna wine and dine her. Then we gonna listen to Fan Holes, the pop culture podcast made for the fans by the fans. Fan Holes? I'll not have my school turned into a den of debauchery and science fiction trivia. No, Gambit. You'll just have to perform your obscene mating rituals elsewhere. Uh-oh, sound like the professor getting a little cranky. Gambit think it's time for you to go to bed. What? What are you... Ow! Unhand me at once! Unhand me, you swamp-fed ignoramus! Ah! Relax, Mona me. Gambit just gonna tuck you in real nice. Ah, X-Men, emergency help! Ah! Curse you, fan holes! Hey, don't mess with the fan holes! Weekly content on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. That damn song is stuck in my head now. Thanks a lot, Pete Holmes. My mind! You know, the winter theme and all that kind of stuff. Like, I was like, I because yeah. for a while I was like, what are we, we going to do for a Christmas show? And, like, some of my guys are like, I hate Christmas. We don't care. And some of my guys are, like, willing to, like, you know, work with me where they're like, yeah, we'll do a Christmas thing or whatever. And so, but then when I was thinking about it, I was like, as I was putting this project together, it's slowly, like, realizing things about it. I was like, well, hey, wait a minute. There's Christmas trees in this. There's, there's, there's a... Fake. Right. There, there's a fake there's a fake winner you know like that Zach tries to create like I'm like this this will work as a Christmas thing because I know I know you were kind of like uh, mentioning the last time you're like you were talking about Ron you're like oh you have Ron on the show and then not me and then I yeah. was like I was like okay well I got I, I, I have you like the, the Star Wars thing was just released and then as long as this is all according to, to Hoyle like I'm like oh, this is going to be two rife in episodes in a row right. so that's so, right. Yeah, and I'm just gonna rub it in his face too. <laughs> How you like that? <laughs> so what? The what's fan going... holes hate Christmas. That's the other thing we exactly. Have to know, huh? Well, ju- Justin hates Christmas. Justin. I, I, I like. I like. I'm, a, I'm the one always like. Well, let's do a Christmas episode, and then Mike's yeah. always like, I'll do a Christmas episode with you, but then Justin, Justin doesn't want to do Christmas. I had the option of turning you down on this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what was the movie? I didn't even watch it. What was the movie with? Uh, d- didn't Natalie Portman do one of those? A thinking man stripper movie or something? Was she, she was in a stripper? I don't know. Movie? I'm, maybe I'm making it up. Like I, I, I thought there was some Natalie Portman. Yeah, had yep, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think because because I don't I... think it's a movie I watched. But let me see. I'm like, no, what am I thinking of now? Was she in? Tra- was she in Train Spotting? No, <laughs> no. I don't know if I'm, I'm. I'm not. I don't think I'm thinking of Black Swan. Like that's not what I'm thinking of. But it was something. Oh, Black Swan! God, that was a horror. Uh, movie. What but am I thinking of? Is that the one about the the dancer or the? Ballet yeah, she's dancer? like a ballet dancer like that. That may have been that Natalie Portman. Maybe 
it was Natalie Portman, but I'm I'm thinking of something okay. else. Here, I wonder if I just here, I know what I'll do. I'll just You could I am Yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking at. Just type in Natalie Portman stripper. Okay, this is this search. is what I was thinking of. Closer. The movie Closer. I Yeah. Never yeah. heard of that. Is, is it's, that it's um it's like, uh, uh, well, it, Wikipedia describes it as a 2004 American romantic drama film. But I, I know that uh, one of the characters that, that, that Natalie like, Portman played was, you know, she was in like a strip club well, that, or something like that. Yeah, Alice becomes a stripper, heartbroken well, by her loss. One day, Larry runs into her accidentally at the strip club. He repeatedly asks her her real name, but no matter how much money he gives her, she keeps telling... Her, her name is Jane Jones. He asks for sex with him, but she refuses. So yeah, that that's what I'm thinking of. So, did did, did she actually turn out to be the Martian man? Uh, you know, uh, she she yeah, <laughs> that would have been, been a twist. twist. That would have been that would have been a twist. <laughs> I think when he when when Clive Owen lit up, then she recoiled from his lighter. Then we knew exactly who she was <laughs> in real life. <laughs> Ah, now that if, that would if, be a, if only if only he had offered her chocos or Oreos, she might have she might have given it up. But no, exactly. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm 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 gonna lean towards closer as the thinking man stripping movie or whatever we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but it's man, it sounds just oh, yeah, depressing. I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure if you ha- like let's put it this way, if you have to think about strip you know, like think hard about stripping and strippers, like it, it probably would have to get depressing by like design, right? Like you're not supposed to think about I mean, it, right? I, I like I like I like the strippers in my movies to be happy yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's <laughs> You know, kind of like, kind of like best little whorehouse in Texas or something. But then, know, but then you keep bringing up singing, singing and dancing. You keep bringing up showgirls though. There's all kinds of breaking and switchblades and shit and that. Like, was that that that, that, that didn't like that didn't uh, depress you in the, the the horrid torrid life that uh, poor poor Jesse Spano had to lead? Yeah, but you know, I mean, everybody leads a hard life, you know. <laughs> Tony Montana. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend, huh? Exactly. I mean, you know, you you you, you don't choose like the life chooses you, I guess, or something. Oh well, the life chose me over and over and over again. Then I, I have no say in the matter. I, I had to watch uh, Showgirls, <laughs> and and I, I had to know what closer was, even though I couldn't remember it. So. Well, I guess I have some homework now. I guess I need to find closer. I uh, suppose. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think I'd rather just uh, watch GI Jane again or whatever. Oh, right, right. Was, Sh- uh, yeah, yeah. You should you should go back and watch Piranha. That's when like Demi Moore was like super cute when when she was being uh, accosted in B movies by like three uh, D three uh, D uh, piranhas or something. Like, what was, there was this other movie too. I can't remember what it was. There was something I saw in 3D with her. But anyway, it was back when she was like like 18 or something, and she was like super cute. But yeah, was that right after she was in uh, uh, the boss's uh, music video? Uh, <laughs> no, no, that was well, no, that Cox. was Courtney Cox. Uh, yeah, that was Courtney Cox. Let me Cox. see. 
Let's see. More more homework for, for for Keith. Let's see. What movie am I thinking of? Demi Moore. Uh, it was... It wasn't no. Blue Lagoon. It was Parasite. <laughs> 1982 movie Parasite. Parasite in 3D! Because I went to a 3D film festival in Los Angeles once and watched like a shit ton of 3D movies. Which they, but yeah, 1982, Demi Moore. It's like, I think her... It's like her... On IMDb, it's her second movie listed. Oh, so, wow. yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen her. Yeah, Parasite. yeah. That, that doesn't. Yeah, it's well. it's it's pretty awful. But I mean, she's gonna like. You know. Parasite is that kind of like Slither uh, or something see. like that? Paul is Dean that, has uh... created a deadly parasite that is now attached to his stomach. He and his female companion Patricia Wells must find a way to destroy it while trying to avoid Rickus, his rednecks, an evil government agent named Merchant. <laughs> <laughs> Set in wow. the year 1992, yeah. ten years after a limited nuclear war has destroyed most of the USA, scientist Paul Dean has developed a new form of leech-like parasite that can grow to large portions every time it eats. Then, evil government agents storm his lab and he's forced to flee deep in the nearby desert and pursued by a quote-unquote merchant, aka government agent, intent on reclaiming the last two parasites Paul has. The first is in a silver container, the other is in Paul's abdomen. Paul seeks shelter in a small desert town populated by scavengers which threaten his work, while one local girl, Patricia Wells, forms an alliance with Paul to help him find a way to kill the parasite within him without killing himself, as well as find a way to kill the one which gets loose and will soon multiply into many thousands unless killed soon. Killing is the important part. We gotta kill the fucking thing. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it does sound I, like I, I, I like this synopsis. Paul befriends a pretty young lemon grower named Patricia Wells to me more. <laughs> She's a lemon grower. A lemon grower. Yeah. Grow. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I grow. Is lemons. that from lemon grower to to stripper to GI Jane? That's how that's how it works, right? Then, that that yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. career that, path. That's, that's that's the varying degrees. That's how you escalate yourself. You know, you move on to bigger and better things. So it's, yeah, I see here on your CV that you used to be a lemon grower. I'd be like, <laughs> I, I don't swipe left unless I see lemon grower on your um on your Tinder. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 